Welcome to Game Face episode 188, the world's most informative gaming podcast. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm Matt Kyle. We're here to celebrate Halloween with y'all just a couple days away. I wore the orange shirt. You did, absolutely. Uh, Hopefully you guys have checked out the Sifted Countdown for the top 10 most repulsive moments in gaming. Have you checked that out yet, Matt? I saw it, but I haven't watched it. Oh, Why? Because I'm busy. Oh, because you're busy. Not because you're squeamish or anything like that. No, you, you know that by now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. But, like, no, I, I didn't. Uh, I just did not. I've not been in a place where I remember, oh, that thing where I could watch something with sound, basically. Uh, I will say this. It's not for the squeamish. If you haven't watched it yet, uh, we put I, some... I assume there's eyeball stuff. There is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, there's... I mean, that's the the, the image. Like yeah, the, yeah. So we look. We tried to stay. A lot of lists have been done with like the craziest goring games. Blah blah blah. We tried to stay away from the entries that have been on all those lists uh, because a lot of them have been reused over and over. But that mm-hmm. is one that fit our list perfectly, and it is in there, and that's why we use the thumbnail. But anyway, check it out. Not for the faint of heart. Definitely for seventeen plus. Um, it's going on YouTube here in the next day or two. It's going to be censored. I had to do a lot of work to the YouTube version for that. Uh, but it is going up here in the next day or so. So if you're watching this uh, on YouTube, Game Face on YouTube, go back and check our channel and you can see that uh, list there. But anyway, hopefully you guys are excited for Halloween. Are you doing anything for Halloween, Matt? Uh, I'm going to the Magic Castle oh, cool. for, their, for their party. My, uh, my wife and I, we realized last night that we have not dressed up for Halloween in like eight years. Wow. And we used to do Halloween big. Like, we would get mm-hmm. crazy costumes. We'd go out to, like, costume parties, and we're just kind of over it at this point. <laughs> we'll take the candy, but the whole dress-up part yeah, of it. We don't get, I don't get anyone trick-or-treating. Where I, I mean, really? tr- trick-or-treating's kind of over. Like, I'm surprised, because people are so afraid are of so razor parent, blades yeah. and apples. and Or just in general. I mean, they, they just they, they interacting do like, with other human yeah, beings. that's more, more of it. Uh, <laughs> they, they do more like, you know trunk or treat where everybody parks right. their cars or the, the parents of a school or whatever or like the that sucks the because mall. to me oh. being a kid Mischief trick or night. treating was yeah. amazing the funny thing like so i saw a thing like a whole historical rundown of like you know american basically halloween traditions like do you know when trick or treating basically started no uh uh-uh. like the 50s really like the modern like halloween is basically barely 100 years old the way we think of it because wow. for, like back in like the the tens and 20s like the, the the adults would go to parties and the children would be let loose to do whatever. And I feel like if someone on Twitter was showing like there's a postcard for Happy Halloween and it just shows two kids in normal clothing for the time stealing someone's front gate. <laughs> like that's just and I so mean, the trick- I'll say this when I was younger and I'd go out for Halloween, like once I had gotten past like the eight to ten year old phase, we would go out and we'd cause trouble. We'd toilet paper trees. We'd soap people's car windows. We'd throw some mm-hmm. eggs. Well, that's like see, this that's whole why mission here. <laughs> that's why trick or treating became a thing. Is because the the parents would dress them up in 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 outfits and organize festivals to try to get them like distracted. Yeah. And the trick or treat thing was like the idea was if you can give them candy, they won't do the mischief. So ah. But you include the trick part because like oh well if they don't give you candy you can do something tricky. Right. Right. But like interesting. Otherwise it, it shut the kids down from doing like stealing your front gate and things like that. Wow. That is why if you watch uh, stealing your front gate. I mean it's literally they're just walking away with a gate. <laughs> like there's no subtlety to it at all. It's, it's a great postcard. Yeah. But like um, that's why in uh, in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which takes place in the 30s, there's a costume party being organized for Halloween, and like it's not quite 
what we think of is that like like uh, Scout goes as a big ham, like literally a ham, um, because that bone in or bone out, bone in. I think I think she is the bone oh. through the middle of the ham. But um, depends on the production design, really. But, uh, like, that was, like, an early thing, like, trying to organize things to keep kids basically off the street yeah. and from stealing your shit. Didn't work. Uh, Not so on my what, group of friends. That's anyway. where that all came from, and then that ties into a much more weirder thing of, like, how all costumes. How, well, and also how, well, how the costumes came. Because remember when we were kids? And all the Halloween costumes were like plastic outfits Masks, with a shitty with a mask. Plastic, said, like sheath that. That all comes from a from a specific company called Ben Cooper, which made those those costumes. Not Silver Shamrock. No, no. I want anyone to get that Halloween, reference. Halloween, <laughs> Halloween. Oh, I get it. I, I almost slid that into our countdown. Actually, that theme song. That's a, that's a good. That's that's. But a then I knew tradition. they would throw up a copyright copyright strike, strike for sure. <laughs> But they had all those stupid those things like the, and then like we had those in the seventies because that was for some reason acceptable. I mean, you get a Darth Vader off it just was the mask and a big apron that said Darth Vader yeah, yeah. on it. Which is like okay, we know. Dude. I had a Boba Fett one. And they went out yeah. of they went out of business um, because of the panic over the razor blades and trick or treat. Like there was a whole thing, and they got bought by another company that did like deluxe fabric costumes. And in the nineties. They took, but they had no licenses. But when they bought Ben Cooper, they had the, they got those licenses. Uh. So then they could start making deluxe. Darth Vader costumes, right, and that's right. where that all started. Was in the nineties. So, so that's why when we were kids, it was acceptable to have like these shitty plastic costumes that probably your face would sweat. Oh yeah, because you terrible. breathe, and there was just that little slit to breathe through, so your breath would just fill up the, fill up the whole and thing. It would yeah. just sweat your. Face. Like it would just start to drip <laughs> yeah, after. Yeah, it was the bottom of the yeah. mask. It was great. My mom made me like fab. My mom was a crafty person. She made me fabric costumes. I had oh. a, she made a, like a full body suit fabric like bat costume nice. and, and, a, and a werewolf costume. Werewolf costume was great because it was super soft so all the girls wanted to hug me. Ah, nice. Started, you, learn started a lot young. More. you learn about a lot more than just video games here oh, on yeah. Game Face. But anyway. If you're going to be a werewolf be a soft werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Halloween's almost here. Everyone have a fun and safe Halloween. A lot of you guys are way younger than me and I'm sure you guys still do Halloween the way oh, I used to. Yeah. Well, Go out drinking and dancing and having some fun with your friends so hopefully you guys do that but you keep it safe and you keep it cool mm-hmm. uh let's see folks who are listening on i guess i gotta get this right now it's apple Podcasts. it's not itunes if you're listening on right. apple Podcasts, you're listening on google play the first, itunes conglomerate was broken up yeah it's so weird so. <laughs> but uh it's like yeah thank you for making me go to four different apps now yeah, yeah. for the thing the one the audio thing i want to do yeah but uh, anyway, thank you if you're listening on any of those services. Please consider uh, pledging on Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. Uh, our business, our content is supported 100% by Patreon. Without it, we will not survive. So if you enjoy watching the podcast. YouTube sure isn't helping. No, it definitely doesn't help. We're going to get to that a little later about mm-hmm. what's going on over at YouTube. Uh, but anyway, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Everyone who's live on the stream, we have a ton of people who already subscribed via Twitch Prime today. I want to scroll up and uh, take a look at those. Already so many people in the chat. So much chat going on already. Uh, Talica, 1981, 27 months. Erebus Jones, 16 months. Uh, who else do we got here? Those are, I think those are from last week. Yeah, those were from last week. How come it keeps chat, chat from last week, but it doesn't keep chat from like an hour ago? I don't know. It like cuts it off after a while. Like it doesn't want to cache it, I guess. And yeah. I, I really have no idea. Um... Axel F, 1986, thank you. Hmm. Mr. 6T, thank you. The one Geo, thank you. Veritas, thank you. All these people subscribe via Twitch Prime before the show even kicked off today. Again, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, uh, you can give us a free $2.50 a month just by linking your Amazon Prime and Twitch accounts and then subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv 
slash Games. All right, with that, I think that's enough housekeeping. Let's get on with the show. We're going to kick things off with The Outer Worlds, Obsidian's last multi-platform game. Maybe. For the foreseeable future. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if Microsoft's even necessarily going to enforce that kind of thing. You think, you think it would let Obsidian make games for a PlayStation 5? I think if you have Game Pass. Yeah. I mean, I, you might be able to play it in some form on, like, Switch 2. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, the, like Microsoft's games are going to go with the ecosystem. So, I wouldn't necessarily count that out. Also, like, I mean... I would say the chances are pretty slim that we won't... Slim, but not impossible. Microsoft, yeah. Microsoft's going weird in this direction, I think. I think smart um, in this direction. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I saw some people saying, like, oh, I'm on PS4 and I don't... I can't really enjoy it because I feel like the sequel's not going to be on P- PlayStation. And I'm just oh, like... Oh, good lord. What the... What is that wrong is with some, people? That is some next-level... Like Meta. like console <laughs> warren right there like like I'm not going to enjoy this because in the future one day maybe possibly it will I, be on a system that I could just buy and play it on if I wanted to but no I refuse to leave the ecosystem that may or may not be better next next generation very there weird. are still those people out there those people I guess I, I don't know how you can live like that in 2019 but like I don't remember the last time I actually thought about what system I was playing something on beyond yeah. like maybe this would run better on X or if something. I'm playing a Switch game yeah like that's the only time I right. think about platformers when I'm playing a Switch right otherwise it's like whatever sure it, it, I mean I played Outer Worlds on the base Xbox One I still don't have an X. And now that, you know, Xbox Two is a year away basically, like I have no reason to get an X. Although we'll talk about something later on that might convince people to get an X. Mm-hmm. But it's probably not gonna convince me. So I'm I'm stuck with the base Xbox One and this game still looks incredible on the base Xbox One. Um, so this is developed by Obsidian. Obsidian did Fallout New Vegas, yep. which launched as a complete disaster. Yep. I mean, most since, Obsidian games do. It, yeah. This it has one since is a, is a turned weird into a really great Fallout game after all the patches and the oh, fixes yeah. and mod well, support. Also, if you, if you mod that game into Oblivion, yeah. basically. Uh, no, no, no pun intended. No <laughs> pun intended. But basically, if you mod that game to within an inch of its life uh, on PC, New Vegas is the best Fallout game. You think it's the best? For, without any question. I mean, wow. I mean, I could see an argument for Fallout 2, um, but I think overall New Vegas is the best one. Um, so Certainly this, the best one since Bethesda got hold of the license. Yep. So Obsidian has a pretty deep history with the Fallout franchise. So Well, several of the founders created it. Right. And it, so it comes as very little surprise that this is basically, in my opinion, plagiarism. <laughs> Man, it's hard to plagiarize your own stuff yeah it's it's fallout in space uh, yeah but it's also sort of mass effecty and it's i a, mean it it's is, got a little bit of deus ex in it it's like a quilt made of every modern example of this genre whether it's the art the design yeah. the but functionality you, but you can't copyright game design you can't so no and obsidian is very happy about that mm-hmm. <laughs> because they are very happy to make their own Fallout. and i'm very happy about it because they're better at it than bethesda is how about that how about that? Well, look what happens when you take the, this gameplay, game design, and gameplay formula out of that shitty Gamebryo d- thing, Engine, the, the, yeah. and, or whatever they whatever they call the Bethesda calls their big kludge together mess. Yeah, um, it's it's so much like characters have facial expressions <laughs> yeah. and they go around and do things. Like it's it, it, it. I mean, part of it's just the novelty of playing this kind of game without 
all the weird bugs and quirks that are just endemic to Bethesda's engine. Have you had any bugs playing this? I've had one bug. I've had none. Uh, the one bug was at one point in the first area, if I got too close to a particular river, the sound effects would go away. Oh, really? So I saved it and, re- and quit the game and reloaded it and was fine. Okay. That's the only bug I've run into. I've had no problems whatsoever. And I think one I think one time I walked into a house and a guy was halfway through his own through through the table. Uh, like that was it. Passable. But I haven't had any any crashes. I haven't had any like game breaking like oh this this thing. I I had a friend who who uh, had a problem where he accidentally killed. He thought he had a problem because he accidentally killed an important NPC. But then it turned out there was a way around that. Oh. So it, they they seem to have covered it pretty well. Yeah, I mean reports generally if you if you follow the game on Sifted. Typically, when a Bethesda game comes out, you hear like all this stuff about all, everything being broken. I haven't oh, heard yeah. anything about this game. No, yet. this game. This is the most. This is the most solid launch I think Obsidian's ever had. Yeah, like by or far. Or you could probably throw Bethesda in there too if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean Bethesda like, in-house stuff. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, it, but it's. I mean, it's surprising because Obsidian just sort of has like. I mean, this the running gag is sort of like Obsidian doesn't even have a QA department kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but this is a this is rock solid. Like it's. It's really good, like uh, in a way that just they, I mean, Fallout New Vegas had had tons of launch problems. Alpha Protocol had tons of launch problems. All um, of them, all of them did. And but this is great. This is this is. I mean, maybe part of it's just moving to. Uh, I mean, actually, what was it? Um, uh, did uh, Pillars of uh, Pillars of Eternity have problems? A I little. I, I didn't play that at launch. Yeah. I backed it, but I didn't play it at <laughs> launch. <laughs> it was a little buggy. Nothing along the lines of a lot of Bethesda's output, though. Yeah. But the but the switch to Unreal Engine 4 really changes just everything about the, like Just everything just feels more real, almost. Unreal? Unreal? I don't know. That's the wrong thing to say about an Unreal Engine game, I guess. But, like, <laughs> but it just feels more concrete somehow. Like, it doesn't feel like you're... I mean, something... I mean, even playing Skyrim... Collector's edition, there's a there's a paper thin feeling to it yeah. sometimes. It just you feel like you're you're right on the edge of it, just sort of unraveling in front of you, <laughs> um, and that's not here. It's no. not there in, in this. Yep. Uh, so let's set up the story for this so people understand the plot. Uh, it's a sci-fi far future game. Humans have been put in cryogenic sleep for seventy years. There's a ship that's loaded with thousands of them. Um, the the main ca- well, I don't know if he's the main character because you don't play as him. But Phineas Wells mm-hmm. is in charge of the people on the ship. He sees what's coming. He's trying to save everyone on the ship. So he wakes up one person, and that one person is you. Mm-hmm. And then you set out to try to save humanity. Yeah. Well, he's not in charge of it. Yeah, he's, just, he's like a rogue. He's a rogue, mad scientist, basically, who finds the ship and only has time to revive you before automated defenses. Because the you're in a far-flung... The Outer Worlds are referenced to the, the solar system you're in. You're in a far-flung outer outer solar system. And what happened was uh, basically faster-than-light travel was invented. And the rule, and it basically was established that um, if you can get there, you can claim it. So all the corporations on Earth started this huge faster-than-light race to jump out to these, these places and claim entire solar systems to exploit. Um, and two ships went out. Two sleeper ships went out. One of them got here, and your ship, the Hope, uh, the, the Groundbreaker, got there and established the colony. Your ship, the Hope, got lost and just only just now drifted in, and Phineas found it and w- woke you up. But the, the it's been like two, maybe three, three, maybe four generations since the colony was established, which means 
you know, there's no real contact with Earth beyond shipping and like like these people aren't earthlings anymore. Right. Like like, yeah. like the cultures have completely changed and warped and gone weird. And like so you to you, it's like you just you were on Earth and you got in your pod and then you woke up and you're in crazy town. Yeah. So Similar to Fallout 4, I guess. It is. Except, yeah. like, even more so. Like, the thing that really strikes me about this game is, um, like, Fallout and, like, kind of Obsidian... A lot of Obsidian's things in general have... Especially New Vegas, but, like, also, like, some of the other stuff has been... Yeah, there's a lot of satire to it. There's a lot of, like, you know, corporate greed elements to it. I mean, it, but, like, this goes... Turns all that up to 11 in a way that almost makes it creepy. Yeah. Like like the Spacer's Choice is sort of the equivalent of Vault Tech yeah. in this. It right down to the, the the funny mascot and like the weird jingles and sort of the 50 50s-esque sort of it's department like I said, store this is feeling. Like, um, this game's almost plagiarism. I don't agree with that at all. Um you can't plagiarize tone. Um like you would never be able to pass that off in a court. No, I'm not saying like they should take him to court and sue him. I'm just saying that it to me it lacks very little originality. Well, it's, and it's and most of the theft is from Fallout, but like I also get like really strong Bioshock vibes from this game. There's some Bioshock to like it, like the weathered like, kind of future. But look. Bioshock itself could be argued to be Anne Rand plagiarism. It's true. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. it's influence isn't plagiarism, and if you created the influence, I give you an even bigger pass. No, I get like, it. So, you're, I mean, I mean, look, it's not Chris Avalone. You're but, diving into the semantics of plagiarism. I'm just trying to describe the game for people with one word that they'll understand. Well, except I that's not the word I would use. It's, 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 I mean, homage is maybe not strong enough. Right. Somewhere um, in the middle there. But imagine that there's a new Fallout game that literally just takes place in a space colony. Like, yeah. replace the moon guy, the, the moon mascot from, with, from Spacer's Choice with, um, with, Fa- with Vault Boy, and, like, you're done. There's also, like, tons of, like, mono- tone monochromatic computer terminals everywhere where you're reading through logs. It looks a lot like the Pip Boy. Mm-hmm. I, it's just. The real difference is the production value. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this destroys any Fallout game in that arena. Yeah. Destroys it. But, like, there's, I mean, the like the, the Spacer's Choice, uh, co- you know, it's a, co- it's a company. Yeah. The funny thing is, so the, one of the gags is that all the companies are owned by the same mega corporation. So they're actually all in co- com- competition with themselves. Right. Which sounds absurd, but is actually true. When, when like, I've worked for companies that do yeah. that. Like, yeah. You're uh, competing with other parts. You're competing of with company. other parts of the, your own company. It's yeah. ridiculous. But, like, Spacer's Choice employees, they live for the company. They are considered assets. There's a whole thing where, like, um, like someone someone died and they had to be their body has to be dealt with by the nearest the nearest uh, relative. And it turns out what that means is not someone who's related to them, but whoever's relatively closer. <laughs> and it's just this level of like kind of capitalist greed gone amok to the nth degree that like like I mean. It's it's effective. It's effective yeah. satire, and like each corporation you, and side you run into has a slightly different psychosis. Basically, <laughs> like even the there's no good guys in this. Much like yeah. New Vegas, like there's no, like choosing which Shades side to gray. go with. Yeah. Like you know, you can maybe see the New California Republic is better, but then like the Roman, the, like you know, the 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 Legion sort of has like better control over things. Like it's like you're kind of trying to weigh like what's better. There's early early on there's choices about like you know. Shades of whether or not to blow up Megaton or leave it. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a choice very similar to that. And um, I honestly had a lot of trouble deciding which of these assholes to side Yeah, I, with. I sat like, there for a while like, thinking about it. And I poked around to see if there was a way to do both, but there, you know, there isn't. Like, they, they, they don't let you off the hook for that stuff uh, in this game. So, 
It's, uh, but it, it, I mean, it even has like its own VAT system, so you yeah. can slow down combat, which is, I think, better than VATs. Yeah, because it's more functional because you can aim. Yeah, like it's and not you can percentage move based. And, yeah, and it actually matters. Like your aim actually matters. Yeah, like it makes a lot more sense for a, you know, what is basically an action RPG. Like, and there's nuance to it too. Like if you if you enact it. And you don't move, it lasts a lot longer. Yeah. If you enact it and move, it only lasts. Moving for like and a shooting like makes like drains huge yeah. chunks. So there's things to consider while you're using. And it you as can well. get specific, you know, wherever you you shoot an enemy, like that, you'll get special uh, you'll get special effects from it. So like if, yep. you sh- if you're in that mode and you shoot him in the leg, he'll trip, or shoot him in the head, he'll get dizzy or confused. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of advantage to, to using it, um, and it feels a, much more immediate and much more under your control than VATS does. Well, I'll say this: I use it a lot. I didn't even hard in Fallout Four. I'd hardly use VATS at all because you just mm-hmm. didn't need to. Like some of the tougher enemies, I would, but for the most yeah. part, it wasn't which, a requirement. In which this, was a change from three because I used I think almost ninety percent of my battles yeah. I used VATS in Me three. Too. But yeah. in in four, it was just better to just shoot people. Yeah. And in this, I use it constantly. Yeah. You well, kind of have to. Have to the, the, the enemies move much faster and more unpredictably in this. Yep. And also... There's no uh, aim assist in this game either. No. No, there isn't. And also there's... I think the gunplay is the, the weakest link yeah, in the game. For sure. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it just doesn't... I don't feel anything. No. It's certainly the least feedbacky. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have, a, I have a really good, like, zoomed assault rifle that, like, can, like, blow heads up in one shot if I if I take the shot from stealth but like and I'm happy I'm kind of ha- I'm happy with my my loadout but for a while I was just, I didn't care what I was I was just like well whatever as long as it fits my skill set I'm going to use it and I'm finally kind of like you know 10 hours in starting to really like get some some preferred weaponry I like to use but mo- this game is 70 to 80% talking and it's a good thing yeah because that's where it shines it is absolutely the writing's really great and this game also has branching story paths like mm-hmm. you're when you talk to people you can influence them and that to me has been like the most powerful skill that I've put my points into even look, even just the fact that he's just talking to you without like weird canned animations that you see right. in every NPC in the entire yeah. game. Like it, the, there's more, there's more dynamism in five minutes of this game than eighty hours of Fallout Four. Yeah, like it's just it's such a the world night is and day just difference. more compelling. It's not as bleak. It, yeah, it's just more inviting. Like I, oh, I I'd say I'm, it's it's more bleak. Well, culturally, perspective, and but like depending on a perspective. Yeah. But it's colorful and it's and it's attractive and it's it's like you want to see what's over there and you want to go look at things and you want to see what the next planet is and you yeah. like it's there's a sense of discovery that Fallout Four just lost completely. Yep. Like, yeah, like I don't I don't know I don't even know why that happened, but I I felt that playing Fallout Four. I'm like I don't care what's over the next hill. Yeah. Well, I got when I am trudging through a Fallout game, there are times where I come back to it and I'm like I don't want to play it right now. Mm-hmm. Because the tone and the mood of the game is so dreary and dull that it's like sometimes you're just not in the mood to be immersed in something like that. I feel like this has a little more flexibility in how you can consume it. And I think different players are going to have different perspectives on the tone of the game, Mm -hmm. depending on who they are and how they like to play games. Uh, One thing I think we should bring up, though, I think a lot of people assume when you look at a big action RPG like this that it's just going to be open world in 2019. This is not an open world game. It's it's built it's, more like God of War. Yes, yeah, it's, it's large spaces. Yeah, so um, the worlds are big, but they're not. They have to load. Like you'll yeah. get to a point, and like things will load in, and then the world's there, and then you can venture on. But it's not just this big, gigantic, no, leaving breathing. It's world more manageable chunks, and 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 I like that. I think that was smart. Um, like I could see them going much bigger in a sequel. 
But I think kind of having this game be a little more streamlined in, in that way is uh, is very beneficial to it. Yeah. Like I don't I don't I mean it might just be because I'm coming off a breakpoint, but I do not miss having a giant wilderness map to trudge through again. I yeah, but I mean on the flip side, now you don't have like towers to synchronize the world. Like I a lot am of the completely an- fine right. with that. Like a lot of the annoyances that have kind of cropped up in yeah. open world games aren't really in there. So it's kind of a good. Middle ground between linear games yeah, it's, and it's, open it, world games. It feels a little throwbacky, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, it also lets them handcraft a little more. That's why I said like the the main Mass Effect thing that that I the main way, way it reminds me of Mass Effect is that when you go on these missions that you they send you to these very very crafted locations and these are bigger than anything in Mass Effect, but like it's it's similar. Uh, also, the picking companions thing. Yeah, like I've never used companions in the in the 3D Fallout games. Like I never, oh, I never, just never had. I them. always played them solo because I, I always found that the companions annoying or kill stealers or like I just they would run out and do shit. I'm like, no, I'm trying to snip. You just okay? You're just gonna run out there and die. Okay, great. No, they, they're very helpful. Like, the, in these this guys game. are very good, uh, especially if you if you level up the leadership skills and get their their special abilities. Like there's all every companion special ability is great in this game. Yeah. So credit credit to them on that one. And you can work with your partners and they will kind of help you with your attacks as well like you yeah. get boosts if you actually synergize with your partners and it's, they're they're not annoying like they're not constantly jabbering on and on about inane crap like no, they, they, only, they contribute they only talk when yeah. it matters yeah they contribute but it's it's all intentional it's all it's not just mindless yep um it's really good, and some of the. I mean, uh, Parvati is your first uh, companion who's voiced by Ashley Birch, who does. Her, oh, I didn't even realize that was her. Yeah, who does her usual phenomenal acting job? Yeah, she um, is really good. She's exceptional. It's she, crazy. She like, has, I knew she, her for so long before she ever voiced anything. She has two great uh, games out this week: this and uh, After Party. Yeah, it's insane. Like um, she's just getting work, and she's great. I mean, I understand why she gets so much work, but like you know, we did. Hey, Ash, what you playing on game trailers mm-hmm. for like ten years, and that's all she did. Like, she was just the little sister of the guy who was producing the show. And she was also the star of the show. Right. But but she wasn't really into that side of it. Like, she was just this girl who was in the show. And then we dealt with, like, her brother who actually produced the show. And he would pitch us the ideas. And we'd say, well, we think this, we think that. And then he would go back and produce it with her as the host, never dreaming that she was going to become what she is now. It's pretty. It's really awesome to see. Couldn't happen to a nicer person. Uh, she's awesome. In mm. fact, her brother is awesome, too. Like, they should... Still do Hey Ash. That show was, was freaking great. I don't know. She's very busy. Yeah, I guess now she's <laughs> like, why would I do some corny web show Like after I'm I'm so successful? Uh, there are a couple issues that I do have with this game. Like there, there are a couple hangovers from old Obsidian games that I'm not a fan of. And it's not that it was a mistake or not a mistake. They're just things that I don't like. Encumbrance. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't like encumbrance in any – game really i don't i just don't see the point i don't I mean, either it, i mean if you are gonna put so it rare if you are gonna put it in a in a game like like make that real high make i mean I mean, make it so i can't carry a thousand guns right, maybe right, yeah. but like like if it's gonna crash your game i get it i mean i'm tired of it in borderlands let alone this yeah and i you know i doubt you can break down anything in your inventory whenever you want there's also a room. perk that you can get if later on if you put points into the right categories where you can fast travel if you're over encumbered Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of your one of the first things you can choose that as your first perk if you want. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in the first tier. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't, see I didn't that. pick that. I didn't either. I just don't, <laughs> Obviously, I don't do that. But like, um, yeah, it's, it's 
it doesn't need to be there. I'm playing on Xbox One X, but if I was playing on PC, I would mod that out, mod encumbrance out in a second. Yeah, I always do. I, I did that. It. I did that on The Witcher Three. I did that. I'm also not a huge fan of the uh, the, the guns deteriorating in quality. Yeah, um, I don't like that either. I mean, I can deal with it now, but I didn't repair a gun until like ten hours in because I just didn't have the material. Because I think they take too many materials to repair. I agree. Um, the other thing I have a problem with... It's all little with, things like that. It is. It's, it's, they're not major things. Another thing I dislike is how they handle fall damage. Like, the fall damage in this yeah. game is insane. Like, yeah, you they, fall they off a, a four-foot boulder, you lose health. It's and, like, you know, what the hell? I can jump down off this, no problem. And coming off of, like, something like... like the like, You know, it, it feels so much like Fallout and Skyrim. I mean, it feels so much like Fallout and Skyrim that I keep pressing Y to jump. That's, <laughs> that's how much it feels like. Yeah. But, like... You're used to falling a certain distance in those games, and this is like half the distance oh, before yeah. you get hurt. Uh, the other thing that I don't like is um, you can have flaws, and the flaws are a, a, an obsidian RPG standard where you <laughs> you, you get a, you get a bonus, but you also get a disadvantage, and you have you have to decide whether it's a uh, you know it's whether it's worth a trade off. So in this game, if a certain bad thing happens to you often enough, you can get a flaw. So the two that they've offered me have been uh, I fell off stuff too much so they gave me a, a potential fear of heights <laughs> and uh, uh, I was I guess I was shot up by robots a lot because they wanted to make me robophobic huh. um, but the thing is like the the thing you get for both of those what you got as a bonus was you get another perk point to assign but the downside was I lost like a, I got negative I got negative uh, stat stats bonus like negative one in like three different stats anytime I was near a high thing, or anytime I was near a robot, like anytime I'm near a robot, I lose stats. Like that what? basically that basically means like you're never at full stats because yeah, there's robots yeah. everywhere. They're so everywhere. so you never have to take the flaws. You can just decline them. But like the problem I had, I've declined both of them because a perk point is not worth having that happen to no the character way. all the time. Like it's, uh. it's it like the the rewards for the flaws are completely out of balance. Well, you're also getting perk points pretty regularly. Yeah, it's what every two levels or something. Every like, that? like even levels you get them. Every, yeah. yeah, so every two levels you get them. Uh, the way you upgrade in this is a little different. They're kind of split into categories, and then you just choose to upgrade the category, and it actually upgrades like several things underneath mm-hmm. the category, which is kind of cool. Yeah, until until it. you get to fifty. Yeah. So once you get to fifty, so everything, all the things under the category will become once they hit fifty, then you have to add points specifically into each one. Right. So you you have you have to specialize basically, uh, but it works real well. Once you get up once you get up to fifty, you are fully competent. In that. I mean, anything else beyond that is just you want to be specialized or super, super great. Yeah. So um, I've I certainly feel like the lo- the, the leveling system is uh, is it works. It I've never felt like I was lacking anything, even in the the stuff I was only sort of good at. Um, and I'm you know building my character out uh, has turned out pretty much exactly the way I was hoping it would, and um, uh, it all worked out. I'm I'm, pr- I'm happy with pretty much everything, but like you said, the little things like the, little the encumbrance. The, I, I mean, I just hate weapon degradation and everything. Me too. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't get see it. the point. I don't get it's, why it's such a thing. I mean, I I don't see what I'm supposed to get out of it. I no, mean, either. Especially because it's like, oh, well, it adds realism to like because everything would degrade. Oh, yeah, but like I I can also just steal shit from behind people's backs and they don't notice it's gone, or like. And I can still sell stolen goods back to the people I stole them from. They don't know. Like, like if you're like, why are like? There's there's elements of like quote unquote gameplay realism that are in the old Fallout's that are not in this. That I'm like, well, if you skip that, cause, which I also find annoying for the most part. I'm glad they're not in this. Yeah. But like, why can't I also? You know, I, I mean, I don't expect to jump 40 feet in the air and not get hurt. But like, off like a railing, like yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it sounds like you broke your leg when that. I mean. 
two thirds of your health gone, and just like your character's just like ah, it's like okay, dude, easy. And then all your fucking companions jump off behind you and right. get hurt yeah, too. Yeah, they get hurt too. Yeah. I have a couple other slight issues. You talked about the shooting earlier. I'm not a fan of how the shooting feels in this game. The shooting is something that I kind of adjusted to more yeah, than Yeah, I got else. used to it after a while. It's also weird playing a console shooter that has no aim assist at all. Like, there are games that do it subtly, and then there are games like Call of Duty where it's like you could have your reticle like 10 feet away and it snaps onto the enemy. This has none of it, and it definitely takes a while because the other part of it, too, is that the terrain is very uneven. There's mm-hmm. no flat ground in this, not a lot of it. Uh, and it does make it a little more challenging yeah, to you shoot. Do want, you do want to stand still, usually, when you're shooting. Yeah, nice. it makes it tough to aim, I think. Um, but you do, after a while, you kind of get used to it. You're like, oh, wait, I have to do all the aiming in this. I can't just count on the auto-aim kind of snapping to enemies. Um, dying. How do you feel about how they handle death? Because when you die, they, they basically... I, I, haven't, I haven't died. Oh, you haven't died. No. So... That's, that leads me to another thing I want to talk about, too, is the way it gives you new weapons. So if you die in this game, it it seems inconsistent about what it does. Like, I died one time. It took me back to the, la- to the place where just before I had loaded up the next area. Hmm. Instead of putting me into the area I loaded into, I had to go to that door and then load into it and sit there and wait for it to load and load and load okay. before I could that, start again. That's... That- Interesting. That is Obsidian style. Like, it's like weird. They, like that. Hap- it's funny because because that's right on my mind now because of playing you know Planescape and Baldur's Gate. Like that's where they autosave those too. It's before you leave the previous area. That always was where the autosave happened. Interesting. That I thought that was a little. I don't like- know why that is, but I'm, and I certainly don't know why you'd continue that here. Yeah, I don't get but, it. Yeah, I, I, enemies respawn too. So when you die yes. and you go back to the area, they're all there. So does some loot sometimes i've noticed like sometimes boxes have stuff in them again when i go back to a planet i I didn't pick up on that you may be wondering why all the footage is of a pistol and that's because first of all we only show you guys b-roll from the first like hour or two of every game because we don't want to spoil stuff for you uh but the other part is that this game just didn't give me weapons like i ended up having to use this pistol and the reason i died was when I warped into that new area, the enemies had jumped up a couple levels. And I literally hmm. had to use, like, three full clips to kill an enemy. And so I died, and I'm like, what's going on here? This weapon is not getting the job done. So I went back and stole a weapon out of, like, an area right before I had come into that town. There was, like, a little outbuilding there. I went in there. I found a, wep- a weapon. I stole it against my better judgment. And then the game was a cakewalk. Like, literally, like, one or two shot every enemy, hmm. and they just dropped. Um, and since then, to me, the game has been, like you said, you haven't died. The game is pretty easy. Well, it's not that I haven't died because I, it's too easy. It's because, like, I, I mean, I did find weapons pretty early on. I but didn't. I, but I spent, early on, I spent a lot of time hiding behind shit. I mean, you wait wait for your thing, to, you know, your health to regenerate. And also, I do find that you get tons of health, the Adreno, the Adreno yeah. things. Like, I've never been short on those. Yeah, that was before I At one had point, even... I actually had to dump a bunch of them into storage because yeah. I was carrying so many. I was carrying, like, 20 pounds of Adrenos yeah. running This was before I had developed the muscle memory to mm-hmm. just keep hitting, like, the the health every time I took some damage. But, like, I mean, I can get through, like, you know, stamp. But, there, yeah, I, so I just went to, the th- I think, the third, fourth, fourth planet I've been to, uh, Monarch. Uh, if you want to count an asteroid as a separate yeah. planet, uh, but I went got to Monarch and like all of a sudden it's, they're they're hard again. Like you know they they do. I don't think they level match you, for, but I do think like each location has a specific like kind of 
difficulty level or 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 or, or danger level, uh, which is not made explicit other than everybody's warning you don't go to Monarch because there's monsters there. Right. But that also might be like propaganda, like right. you don't know yet. Yeah. Um. Like, like, like even when you when you go to Monarch, like, you can pick the two places to land, and one place to land basically is this giant warning, like warning, scary and dangerous thing. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, here we go. It's like, <laughs> but um. But like you, I after the first hour, I have not died, and I've basically had like zero resistance i mean i mean it's not like unusual to me for for like i don't die in you know bethesda games much either like i think fallout 4 i died a lot because fallout 4 was much more willing to sort of like oh i'm just like going through this area and going through this it's like ah death claw yeah so like like, fallout 4 seemed to expect me to have my power armor with me at all times or something but um, it's about on par. I mean, I'm playing on normal. It, it, you know, I could, I could probably stand to bump up to hard if I cared about that. But I was more interested in seeing more of the game the world than, than and, yeah. struggling against. You know, I also like, was worried that like, bumping it up would like, make the weapons degrade more, which I was... Which is probably accurate. Which I was and not interested in. And you'll probably be able to carry less items and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I can carry, I can carry like 260 kilograms now yeah. because I got, the, I got the perk to carry more. I got the perk that has uh, consumable weight. And I got the perk that lets me carry more more based on how many companions I have with me. So I'm 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 a giant pack mule now. Um, cuz I like to pick everything up, frankly. Yeah. I think maybe my biggest criticism of the experience on the whole is that it's not particularly memorable the game. Like I feel like it's I'm enjoying it and it's kind of just washing over me though. Well, we have done it before in some ways. I will say this the characters are not washing. Like some of the characters are very good um Later companions seem to be a little more less to them. Yeah. Like Parvati is one of the best written characters of the year. Um, her whole her whole side quest th- thing is yeah, really, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, she gives you more insight into the world into the than world. anyone else. But yeah. she's also an unusual character in that, like her her romance side plot is uh, unlike almost anything I've ever seen in a game before. Yeah. So um, well done there. I really like uh, the vicar. Who is yep. uh, his 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 story is interesting because he's more like he's like a man of he's a man of whatever passes for religion in this weird ass new culture they yeah. have here, um, in which the the we that's were, where the Bioshock vibes. Other than the art style, that's also where the Bioshock vibes kind of come in. I mean, you're basically worshiping. I mean, it's also like Bioshock didn't invent that. Like that's a standard dystopian yeah I know trait. But I mean, like um, it just it looks like Bioshock. Yeah, I mean, again. Because they're drawing from the same tradition, and here's their pit boy. Like it's just yeah, but it makes you know it makes some sense that like you know you wouldn't have you know crazy high tech stuff in these like the, everything's cobbled together because like they have no resources. Yeah, um, it, it, you know, it, it and it's also got kind of like a you know 1920s pulp sci-fi yep. sort of space adventure thing going on. Ray guns and there's yeah. this guy in a fucking bowler cap. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it, it works. Like it's it it is. Uh, it does feel like what they would have made if they hadn't had that falling falling out with Bethesda. Like yeah. if they'd done like Fallout Outer. I mean, Fallout Outer Worlds is. I mean, they even put out in the title for God's sake. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a spiritual successor basically. Yeah. As much as anything is, and I'm glad they did it because apparently we ain't getting one of those for a long time from the official source. So fuck it. Are you, would you be more excited for Outer Worlds two or the next Fallout? Outer Worlds two. Yeah. No question. I mean, also, you give me your, my own spaceship, you're already ahead yeah, of the game. Yeah, that's going to... But also because, after, especially after this, I trust these guys. Yeah. I don't know what the hell Bethesda's going to give I us. I mean, you got to wonder, We're getting too. to that later in the show, yeah, but, yeah. like, I mean, Bethesda's lost some of its uh, 
cachet to me. Also, they just made Fallout 76, so why should I trust another Fallout game just yet? You also got to wonder, too, what happens with the sequel when Obsidian works with Microsoft for the whole time on a game, and it has access to all the libraries and all the resources that Microsoft can give its first-party teams. I mean, my guess would be it's on Xbox and PC Game Pass. Yeah. uh, I'm just saying the quality of the game, how much better. Once they start being able to use Microsoft's testing mm -hmm. teams and just all those resources that Microsoft can give Obsidian, it could bump up the quality of its games pretty soon. I mean, I would definitely expect to see, like, Outer Worlds 2 be much more full open world-y. I mean, maybe maybe with, like, areas, like, maybe still the same kind of format, but probably, like, areas maybe the size of, like, Mass Effect Andromeda or or Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, except with actual content in them. (laughs) So would you recommend people buy this full Absolutely. price? Well, n- no, I would recommend you do the, the, Game, the Game Pass, Pass deal and get it for like a dollar. I mean, you got to think like, about if, if you were smart, you played Gears 5 and the Outer Worlds for $2. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It really is. Yeah, I mean, if you get the Game Pass deal and play it that way. I mean, that's, that's yeah. definitely the smart way to do it. Yeah. But would I mean, you, not if, that I'm, if not, you missed that, would you pay 60 bucks for this? Yes. Without question. Yeah. If you, if you like this kind of game, yes. If you hate Fallout... I don't think this will change your mind. Yeah. But it is it is the best Fallout game since New Vegas. Yeah, it's funny, too, because it's a new IP, but it's also a known quantity. Yeah, but I kind of like that. I kind of like that it all feels new, but it also feels like like, like, a, like a, comfortable, a comfortable sweater. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, it's it, it's really cool. Like, I'm, I'm, like I'm, it's, it's almost like... Is it a game of the year contender, Matt? I don't know. I'd have to. I have to get through it first. Uh, depend because, like you say, it's not the story isn't like amazing, but like it depends where they go with it. You know. Yeah, and it um, could be different for different players as well. Yeah. So. And like my and also my thing is, I mean, I could see myself playing it again one day. Like I would go through this again, like in a couple years maybe, and play it like a complete, take some different choices. Play as a different character. You know, play as a yeah. bigger jerk basically. Um, also, I mean, there is a little. The, the, there's a little less shine on. Um, uh, also, that moon, so the Moonhead thing, you can actually buy that. And for a while, I actually used that because um, I was getting annoyed that I, because you, you know, you salvage armor and all the equipment off of who you, all the enemies you kill, my companions look just like the enemies. Uh, they're wearing the same armor. <laughs> so I stuck those moon heads on them. Uh, so I could would tell. it make it easier for the enemy to shoot him in the head? No. It's still the same thing. Well, really. he, actually, that brings up a point. Also, I don't I, care if my companions die because they just get up at the end of the yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it was just like a way for me to be like, okay, you, I don't need to worry about you. I can just look over here. That brings up something else I wanted to mention about combat before we move on. Uh, is that the hit detection and hit boxes in this game are, is not, are not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been several instances where my reticle is right on the enemy and it the hits don't register. Yeah. I, got, only I got used to it, but early, like the first couple fights I was in, I'm like, I totally shot that guy. Yeah. I totally hit that guy in the head and it didn't work. And I, it, it's only happened for me when an enemy is behind an object and only a part of yeah. the body is sticking out. The hitboxes, I think, on the characters are fine. I think the hitboxes on the on the terrain it is a little be. sketchy. There's something, and that's something they can fix with patches. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they will, but it's something that can be fixed relatively easy. Um, but again, just another nitpick. And, you know, on Game Face, we like to present as many of the issues we find because there are certain people out there where certain issues are are deal breakers, and they won't buy a game if it has it. So, but I mean, for, both of us are enjoying the hell out of this game, yeah, and we both recommend it. In co- context of like how Obsidian's previous games have been released, this is a giant perfect chocolate, oh, yeah. chocolate waterfall. I yeah, mean, yeah. there's no, it's it's yeah. If you're putting amazing. it in that context of what are Obsidian's games typically like at launch, this is miles beyond. Yeah, what? like if you're if you're worried about that. 
because of Obsidian's track record in that regard, don't worry about it. It's 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 here. Also, I hate plasma weapons. Um, <laughs> they just seem so underpowered. And then I accidentally uh, I changed one of my sniper rifles to plasma because I'm like, oh, that'd be cool because I can I can zap people with plasma from from a long way away. Well, there's no way there's no marker to show you where corpses are in this game. So if you dissolve someone with because when you hit, kill someone with plasma, they dissolve into a little pile of coffee on the sidewalk. So if you kill someone too far away. There's no way to find them. There's oh. no way to find the body because it's just <laughs> a little bio- the- like if they die on like grass or something, you're never finding their body. You're never getting their loot. Oh wow! So, Interesting. So be careful about <laughs> modding plasma ammo onto a weapon that shoots a long way. Yep. That would be my advice there. But like the other thing is like because I really like the dialogue stuff and the, and the, the character interaction. But I will say uh, playing this right after playing Disco Elysium. It's not as good as that at Disco Elysium because yeah, yeah. that's all Disco that's all Elysium it does. does. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's interesting to kind of compare those two things. And actually, that was an excellent segue into our next topic, mm-hmm. which is After Party. After Party, if you guys have been on Sifted, you may have seen all the reviews we've been curating. It has been getting really, really high scores. Another game that's mostly about talking to people. Yeah, which we talked about Disco Elysium last week, which kind of set the new bar for that. And now we have After Party, which is also very good. Where does it kind of fall in, the, in that? Because they're very mm-hmm. similar games. There's a lot of walking and talking. Like, I was getting B-roll together for After Party, and the publisher had sent me a link, like, months ago with, like, a big chunk of B-roll that it had put out for people like us to use in our coverage. And I started looking through the B-roll. It was 40 minutes. And it was like, you know, when you put it into a timeline in an editing program, you see, like, the story. Mm. You can see the little thumbnails change depending on what happened. And it would just be, like... 10 minutes of the same thumbnail and then another 10 minutes of the same thumbnail because it's not action packed. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of standing in the same place and talking, but that's what the game does. It's created by the team who made Oxen Free. If you've played that, then you know what you're getting into here. Uh, what are your impressions of it, Matt? Uh, it's great. I mean, I'm I'm like probably 2 hours in. Um, it's uh, What's the story behind the game? The story is you play as two Two kids who are basically they're they're graduating from college, they're at the, par- the, the the final party of college. They're both sort of outcasts. Like Milo, there's Milo and Lola. Milo is sort of a sort of a like a awkward nerd sort of loser guy, and Lola is just sort of like one of those sort of like the girl that doesn't care about being popular and like sort of like just is, but really does. But is like sort of like <laughs> whatever, but also like doesn't really fit in. And they've been friends since basically. They were babies. Like they, they grew up on the same street together, and they're at the the big party um, where everybody from college is there. And you talk to them for a while, and it's clear that no one either either no one really knows them or doesn't really like them or doesn't care. And over the uh, over the course of the party, suddenly uh, you drop into hell, and it turns out that um, they both died. Why and how? You don't know. Oh, okay. Like, is that part, part of the part mystery? Of the, part of the mystery is, is why did you die. Okay. And how did you die? And um, you Somebody are, spiked the punch. <laughs> and you are instantly sent, you are sent basically down to go to processing uh, where you are assigned a caseworker. I mean, it's it's the afterlife. It's it's hell Very as a... Very procedural, apparently. It's hell as a bureaucracy. Oh, okay. Um, everyone just has a job. You are only tortured from nine to five. <laughs> And then every and and there's like, well, how come like you you how come there's a there's a work hours? And it's like not for you, for the demons. Like and the guy, the one guy's like, like it's like you think it sucks getting whipped for nine hours by a cat of nine tails. See how it feels to be the guy who has to whip you, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's stuff like that. So like, 
And then after work time is over, all the humans and demons are friends with each other because they know it's just a job and, and it's not personal. Yeah. Um, and everyone's just everyone's mostly just mad at management, which is God. Oh, um, wait, it's God and not the devil. Well, the devil is works for God. Oh. He, God's in charge of the whole thing. You know, so like God's overall. a COO. Yeah, but he doesn't, he doesn't care. <laughs> but he doesn't care. He doesn't pay attention. Oh. Um, he's very, very removed yeah, from he... the day-to-day workings <laughs> of things. Um, so the, pr- the premise is basically that, like, uh, as, as uh, Ashley Birch's character, who's also in this game, she is a cab driver named Sam Hill. Um, she, uh, as she says, uh, you know, if, if, you, every, if you went to church, whatever church you went to, they were a little bit right. They were mostly wrong. If you didn't go to church, you were a little bit right on that one, too. But basically, like, people are, like, early on when you're in processing, you're, you're seeing, like, people are getting in hell because, like, you ate chicken all the time. Or so you can go there for like uh, anything. anything, like absolutely. You ate eggs, like it's like <laughs> a, a, like like basically it's like like the one of the one of the gags in it is that like no matter how environmentally vegan, like conscientiously friendly you were, it wasn't enough. Oh, like so every, basically everybody, everyone, basically everyone's in hell. Okay, yeah. like there's like maybe there's like things about oh I think that person went or that person went to it's like yeah but like that. You know, like like basically the vast majority of human beings end up in hell, and you don't know why you're in hell either. Like the, the Lola and Milo don't know why they're there. What like, the reason was they haven't they been got told. Them sent there. And so, but, but what happens is they go through processing, and after you go through processing, you get put in these cages, and you get told like what your punishment's going to be, and you get assigned to like your torture. But uh, the quick it, uh, six o'clock comes along before they get to them. So the processing demon is basically like, well, uh, we'll just, just come back tomorrow and we'll sign you then. Like, because it works over. for the, like, Can't you just tell? It's like, no, it's over. Works I mean, over. wouldn't you want to I'm avoid off the a, a day of torture? Yeah. <laughs> I'm off the <laughs> clock. So I'm leaving. And so he leaves. And it, it, it's actually kind of similar to um, that Warner Brothers cartoon with the sheepdog and the wolf. Where like they oh, clock they clock in and about. out, yeah, the, yeah, and they're like, "How they are you doing, Sam? They hate each other, and then they clock. But in. they clock okay. in and out, yeah. and they're fine with each other. Uh, it's like it's like that. Okay. Um, so he so he leaves, and you're, you're sort of stuck there, and you're like, I guess we just walk around hell all day. And you go, and you run into Sam, and uh, she decides she's like, okay, I'll take you. Did you, you know she was there already? Uh, you run into her earlier. Oh, okay. She's asking where this one person is, and then she comes back. She's like, that guy was already took a ride. Why don't you tell me that, you jerk? And like. Ashley is really good at it. Like, like she's the one. One of the biggest talents Ashley Birch has is um, when she does the the voiceover. Is she can talk really fast, but still let you know how she's feeling about it and enunciate clearly. Yeah. Like, and so there's a lot a of skill. like there's a lot of like m- like talking quickly under the character's breath, but you still understand every word and you still understand what they feel about it. And she does that with Sam a lot, especially when you first meet her, and it's incredibly well done. It's huh. it's. It's just a it's just a kind of acting that you can either do or you can't. It can't really be taught, and Ashley can do it. And that's I think one of the reasons she's so in demand is because she's a rare talent in that regard. Um, every game she's in, the character she plays shines. Even, You're right. Even it's in comparison, like one of the most noticeable characters in the game. Yeah. Even if you don't know who it is, even if you don't know her voice, yeah, because she does change her voice extensively to play the different characters. You you know it's like oh there's something different about this character stands out and so and this cast by the way is stacked like there's some great people in here uh, uh, I can never remember her last name but uh, Janina Garav- she played the um, she played the lead in Battlefront Two um, Janina Garavincio or Garav- you know it if you saw, if you saw her but she's the she's a lot of the main character um, 
the cat look up the cast it's it's like everyone is someone from like a, from like notable. with a game like this you kind of need to do that if it's driven by dialogue mm-hmm. yeah. you need people who are, can, are I mean, very good at delivering it's honestly dialogue. like on par with like a double fine or a, an old LucasArts game in terms wow. of the quality of the, of the voice acting it's really well done uh, you also are assigned a personal demon who is a uh, she's like a, a really funny looking tall demon that pops up periodically to um, discourage you like she's just like she's just only you and other demons can see her, and she's just there to she knows all your worst things and worst qualities and deepest secrets, and she just pops up and and says horrible things to you when you think you're going to succeed at something, which is very which is actually done very fun because she's super airheaded and she's, it's her first job and she's like Janina Gravankar. That's what it is. that's that's what it is. I Thanks should know that because I've I've met her like three times, but like. Um, I can never remember her last name, but she. Snuff Barracuda says eleven people went to heaven. She's eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that about work. That about fits. Yeah, she she's excellent too as Lola, and uh, so basically she uh, Sam takes you to where she needs to go next, just to show you around, I guess. And you find out along the course of of the way that um, every night Satan has a giant party in his big mansion at the top of this mountain, and. Uh, the only way to come to get out of hell and come back to life is to beat Satan at a drink in a drinking contest. Basically, and that is the objective of the game, right? Is well, to get out of hell. Early on, yeah. Early on, the objective is just to get into Satan's party. Like the first two hours are spent basically trying to get an invite to the party. Because um, if you, you have to challenge Satan, and if you can party harder than Satan, you can get out. Um, theoretically, and like two, like two people have done it in the history of the universe. Basically, uh-huh. it was. I think it's something like. Um, uh, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was it was some some historical figure, and then oh, and then before that, I think a Velociraptor did it once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, it's it's uh, it's very funny. It's it's uh, the whole thing is just whip smart the whole time, and um, well, the way the gameplay where I mean, most of it you can see you're walking left and right. Yeah, but uh, there is gameplay. Uh, the differenti- the main differentiator between this and Disco Elysium in that regard is Disco Elysium uses skill. Check checks to determine how the dialogue goes and most of the dialogue in this is twitch based oh a lot like if you don't answer in time you don't get to answer and then uh one of the big mechanics is drinking so you can get drinks regularly because you're constantly at bars and parties and stuff and each drink when you're you'll have like the two choices that are on left and right and then there'll be another choice like blanked out that has like a, a drink icon and if you get drunk while you're talking to someone it unlocks that other choice oh so and the way the choice is determined is the different drinks have different effects. So some drinks get, make you courageous, some drinks make you an asshole, some drinks make you a slut. Like depending, and you choose which drink to to, to drink for each conversation, basically. Uh, so like you can. So you're basically if, setting the tone of the conversation. Yeah. So with if you need, if you know you need to intimidate someone, you can pick the drink the that makes you makes drink. you a bully asshole yeah. and like makes you do. If you need to like you know buddy up to someone, you take the flirty drink and you kind of like hit on them and like make them feel special, sort of thing. So that's the mechanic you're using there. And and the trick is to not not run out of drink before you run out of conversation. Ah, okay. Um, and uh, and then and then there's all these mini games. So there's there's um, I think there was a beer pong. There's a beer pong mini yeah. game called Blood Pong, um, which is interesting. Like you're basically angling the the arc of the ball to to hit in there. There's a dance mini game. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of like kind of standard mini game ideas that are in there as sort of things you have to do to sort of prove yourself or pass basic quest things or Stuff like that. So uh, those are all very simple, but um, you know the, the the main draw isn't playing the mini game. It's like the reactions that happen to the mini game. So the dialogue around it is still very fun. Um, 
and uh, it works. Overall, it just works. Like, you're being pulled through by the story. Make no mistake. You are basically playing a mildly interactive radio play. Um, but that's fine because it's, it's ex- a good radio extraordinarily play. well written. If you've played Oxenfree, it's the same, you know, same developer. Uh, it, it's, it's just as good, if not better in terms of writing as Oxenfree. They have a, they have, you know, it's much bigger. There's a lot, you know, a lot more to it. It's not as horror driven. It's much funnier. There is a moment that made me laugh out loud harder than anything in probably the last 10 years of playing video games. Wow. Like I, had to, I had to pause the wow. game and finish laughing at it. Huh. I don't know if anyone else will laugh at it because it's very specific to my kind of humor, but and it was also mo- mostly the delivery. Um, but uh, I, it just killed me. Like huh. it was, it was, it's, and a lot of it's laugh out loud funny, but that one just like caught me. Literally laugh out loud funny. Yeah. So, um, How much is this game? Uh, I want to say, I mean, it's on Game Pass. Oh, okay, so you can also um, so you play can this play for your that two dollars <laughs> oh, on wow. PlayStation Four. I think it. I think it was. I think it's twenty, but I think it was fifteen with a PlayStation Plus discount. That might have been only for pre-order. I don't right. know. Yeah. Um. So it's fifteen or twenty or Game Pass. Is it on every platform? Is it on Switch? I don't think Switch so. is always the wild card. I don't it's think. I think it's just PS4, uh, Xbox, and PC. Yeah, I'm guessing that. it will eventually come to Switch as well, and I'm guessing it's already in development for Switch. I would think. I mean, there's no reason Switch couldn't do this. Oh, for sure. Um, but it, Plus, it, indie games have been selling so well on the platform that you'd be stupid not to create a Switch version at this yeah. point. But it is uh, It's very funny, and it's it's charming and visually interesting. Like the, I mean, not visually interesting for B-roll, but like yeah. the, the, art dire- the art direction for hell, like with the neon yeah, signs. Yeah, I love so the like art. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really fun. And, uh, and the... You know, it's, the nightlife of hell is is entertaining, and like each bar has a different theme. It's a and it's like, like you know, Golden Guy in Tokyo. Yeah, and I go. I mean, so to get to Satan's house the first time, you have to go up the mountain through the because the line to get into Satan's party is about, uh, I think it's like a couple hundred years long. Like like <laughs> the, peop- the people in line are talking about how when how like when they were like like when they got in line. Um, like they're like, how long have we been here? It's like, how long have we been in line, or how long have we been standing in this particular spot? <laughs> and um, the uh, and the one guy says, well, in this particular spot. Well, we've been in this particular spot for eleven days, but we got in when we got in line. I don't know how long it was. Like, and he says, I think it says something. It's, it's a reference to the eighties. So they've been uh, in line since the eighties. Jeez. Um, so you walk all the way up the mountain, past this entire line to get to the the, the door, and going up like. I don't know if there's two duplicated people in really? line. Really? Like it's so, so there's there's attention to detail. So much attention to detail and and how much it, it it's very funny. And just unexpected voices with certain like 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 the big hulking demon that checks you in for processing uh has this like chirpy like she sounds like the secretary from Ferris Bueller. Oh jeez. Like it's so like voices you don't expect coming out of like monsters and stuff. It's very fun. It's very well done. Um, so this they play with they or play Disco Elysium. With, it's very hard. There, to look, say. there's a lot of people are going to have to decide. It's very hard to say. I mean, Disco Elysium is twice the price, um, and it, it could be argued that it's twice the game. Um, it's a different kind of humor. Like this is dark humor, but it's also sort of like kind of a like a. It looks like a fun game. It's fun. It's a yeah. sm- it's a smarter sort of like wink wink. It's a kind of a good omens ish sort yeah. of sort of tone. Whereas Disco Elysium is pitch black yeah. i mean disco elysium is like disco elysium is like if david fincher made a comedy right you know it's it's like i don't know like how to it, disco elysium is like nothing else pick um i mean for value for the money i'd probably pick disco elysium but 
if you're if you don't have a PC, yeah. you're probably playing this because yeah. there's okay. no disco Elysium. Yeah, a lot on, of it may console. depend on platform then ultimately. Um, this is a, this is just more fun. It, it's it's a lighter kind of funnier thing. It, it, it put me in a good mood. Whereas Disco Elysium made me think about the inevitable <laughs> hopelessness and heat death of the universe kind of thing. You know, yeah. it's just it's just a very different thing. And like you get very different feels out of it, and just in terms of how you play because you're. You're so wrapped up in the inner inner life of the character in Disco Elysium, whereas this is all about snappy dialogue back and forth. Okay. So it's it's just sort of what you prefer. Um, to some degree, whichever art style catches your eye the best is is probably a pretty good indicator of which one you're going to like more. Okay. Because they they're, the tone and the humor definitely reflects the art style in both of them. All right. There you go. After Party available for everything but Switch. Is it on mobile? I don't think so. It might be. I, I don't pay attention to what's on mobile, so I wouldn't yeah. know. <laughs> Most people it don't. Is, I, 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 do, I don't think it's on Steam, though. I do think it's only Epic right now. Oh, okay. If An that's for some brand. reason a problem for you. Yep. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about some delays. Usually a, a big game gets delayed, and it's the only game for that week. Just recently we had uh, Doom Eternal delayed mm-hmm. into next year, and that was the only delay from that week. This past week we had one morning. Where four gigantic games were all delayed at once. The the biggest of which, undoubtedly, is The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, it was scheduled for February 20th, I believe. Mm-hmm. And now it has been moved to May 29th. Uh, Naughty Dog put out a statement about it. It basically just said, look, we didn't have enough time to polish the game. And we're going to take this time to polish it up. Does this shock you at all? After we look, we just got the February twentieth date, like mm-hmm. three or four Pretty weeks recently. ago. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't shock me. I, I didn't expect it. Um, like usually, when Naughty Dog sets a date, but at the same time, same thing happened on Uncharted Four. Now, Uncharted Four, of course, had more of a troubled development. It sounds like because of Hennig dis- departure and all this stuff. Yeah, but you know what? Like. It doesn't really matter. Like it's it's uh, it's going to sell like crazy no matter what. I'd rather they you know f- finish it to the point that they feel that it's ready to go. Um, obviously, the other game that I mean, I mean, people said it was delayed, but I don't. Ghost of Shishima, Ghost of Tsushima. They never had a date. They never had a date, so I don't know how that yeah. can be a delay. It's yeah. more, we actually just more got more information, frankly. Right. Yeah, now we actually have kind of a yeah. date. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I always thought it was going to be second half of next yeah. year. I thought, I mean. It's a it's a no brainer sort of flagship launch game for the new system. Yeah. Let me let me ask so. you though, how could a studio as experienced as Naughty Dog give us a date that conceivably mm-hmm. it thought long and hard like four years long and hard about, and then just a few weeks later be like, you know what? No, we're not gonna hit that date. Not only are we not gonna hit that date, we're not gonna hit it by like three months. That seems crazy to me. Seems like development to me. You never know what QA is going to bring Look, back. Look, if it's some new startup, I get it. They've never worked together. They don't know how long it takes for them to get stuff done. Like, they should have done this analysis months ago when they gave the, the February 20th date. No, like, that's, that, that's, I, that's, that's naive to me, I think. That's why? Be, because you never know what's going to crop up during production on but, these okay, things. But, okay, I get that. Crop up, I mean, that's a 30-day delay. This isn't a crop up, Matt. This is a quarter delay. People who have made... 20 to 30 movies in their lifetime sometimes have to reshoot for a year. Like, you yeah, never they, know. You never there's know. There's a big difference between filming a movie and making a video game. A video game has very definable parts that need to be completed, and you've done it for 30 years. You know But you never team. know what's going to happen when you have to put those parts together. I get that, but that's not three months. Like, this is 
it's weird. I mean, there were rumors of delays before they announced that date. Which right. They, which, when they announced that date, I'm like, oh, I guess those rumors weren't true. But maybe well, those I thought that the true. rumors were true and that they just had accounted for it and it was February 20th. I mean, that's still a long ways away. Yeah, but that's wh- exactly where I thought it was going to be once we found out that Death Stranding was this year. Yeah. I mean, you can't release The Last of Us 2 a month after Death Stranding. That's, well, you, you could. You could, I, but it's stupid. Like, you, I don't you, think it would hurt either w- game, to I think be honest. It, I think it would, it, would, it would hurt a little bit. It I would, understand why they don't because they want to have that revenue split up between quarters, but I don't think it would have hurt either. I mean, game. this stuff happens. Like, I mean, GTA Five had something like that happen, too. They were pretty close to release, and it's like, oh, no, we got to push it back a few months. Like, it happens. Like, it's this is not particularly unusual, I don't think. Um, I mean, it also pushes it closer to the release window of the first game, which came out in June. Do you think it's really coming in May? Probably. I mean... I'm not... I would not say with 100% certainty it is. No, but I mean, it, it does feel like a pretty specific place. Once you push something past the end of the fiscal year, obviously all bets are kind of off. But I do feel like Naughty Dog would want this. I mean, it's sliding in just barely under there now with the new date, May 29th. What, 30 days in with the, before the quarter expires, I guess? The quarter expires at... Uh, March 31st. March 31st. And then turns over and April, then, and, May. Yeah. Well, no, it ends at the end of June. Yeah. So it's a month before the end of Q2. That's what I just said. But, uh, I mean, obviously you could push it further if you want, but then you're getting into Ghost of Tsushima territory and whatever else we're going to find out about next year, which assume assuming they have another big thing somewhere in the late part of the year. I feel like Naughty Dog probably wants it out in that quarter, like, you know, just to, you know, especially if they're going to be some kind of upgrade for the PS5. It gives you a little bit of, a little bit of space. But uh, do you think it could be delayed until the PlayStation Five launch? I, f- I find that unlikely. I find it unlikely. I'd agree with that, but not completely implausible. It's not impossible, but I would be I would be more surprised if that happened than I was that this happened. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, also, let's not forget. It's starting to kind of make sense, though, isn't it? Let's not forget uh, having that available at launch of PlayStation Five. Hmm? It's starting to kind of make sense, though, to have that available at the like as part of the yeah. PlayStation 5 launch. Well, it'll be available no matter when it comes right, out. Right, but I mean, as part of the launch, as all, all the marketing dollars are going to put into it. I mean, they're probably going to at least mention it anyway. Yeah, I mean... Because it'll, it'll be like, you can play it You can play it on this, and it'll, yeah, look, it'll, look, it'll better. look better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, By then, most people will have played it, though. Because yeah, people but, have been waiting for this game for a while. Yeah, but you can play it again. No problem. You know? Yeah, I won't, but some but, people will. Well, you might. You never know. I never replayed the first one. Yeah, well, the first one wasn't a very good game. <laughs> well, maybe this one is this either. One, we have uh, no true. idea. Uh, true, There's but, no way to know yet. But, all, I mean, it looks it already looks better. Just it, like, oh, yeah. I mean, not, I'm ta- not talking visually. I mean, like, the, the way the gameplay yeah, is playing yeah. out looks better than sort of the very standard by rote Agreed. gameplay of the first game. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like this is a pretty plausible date. Um, also, let's not forget who's the good one at... Predicting when something comes out. That's true. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Absolutely on that one. Uh, and you then you remember when they first showed this and everyone was just like, "It's like, oh, it's coming next year." It was like in like 2016 or something. Yeah, because it looks like, so polished. Like, no. I think this was actually E3 2018. Was that this, this demo? When yeah. was when was the fir- the the guitar? That was demo. 2016, I believe. That's 2016. Yeah, because that was when people were like, "Oh, it's coming in 2017." I was like, "I was like 2019 at the earliest." A pre-rendered everyone, trailer. And everybody thought I was crazy. Yeah, but uh, no. Here we are, 2019. As, Ga- as Gabe Newell said, these things take time. They do absolutely. So not Half-Life Three time, but right. Time. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so anyway, that was probably the biggest delay, although not by much because Ubisoft... Certainly the biggest game yeah, that was delayed. But Ubisoft was like, oh, hold my beer. We're going to delay three. <laughs> oh, well, as long as you're talking about delays. Yeah, I mean, that literally happened like I'll, 30 minutes after the last Allow event. us to push our entire upcoming schedule off a cliff. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling that Ubisoft was like, hallelujah. They may not even have mm-hmm. had that plan to announce those delays that day. No, they did because... That was their, 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 it was a call, yeah. their financial report. Yeah, so how convenient for them that a bigger game was delayed on the same day. But anyway, Ubisoft, just an hour after The Last of Us Part Two was delayed, it delays Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah, out, again, out of the fiscal year, which tanked their stock a little bit. Yeah, as it should. I mean, I mean a bunch of people were saying that it was because, like, oh, Breakpoint didn't sell as, as well as they thought or because Ubisoft makes bad games now or something. It's like, no, it's because the investors were expecting a giant influx of revenue from Watch Dogs in March, and now they're not going to get it. That's why the stock dropped. Stocks nope. are so weird. Shareholders don't care how good the games are. They really I don't. Promise. They only care about how they sell. But stocks are also crazy because if you actually follow them, it's so silly how they go up or down based on on this stupid news. Oh, yeah. Well, like, because it's all imaginary. It is. It's really trippy when you think about yeah. it. Because it's like this stupid little story. And all of a sudden, the stock goes down. It's like, that didn't really... Is that going to affect this company five years from now? It's, it's like... No. Well, no. Because, but it's like, you know, if you think about that too long, you get dangerously close to the uh, realization that, like, all value is imaginary. It is. Yeah. It's like, just this thing We operate on this shared hallucination that lets us eat. <laughs> It's true. It's really messed up. Do sleep, you think this... sleep tight, kids? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't think about that too no. much. <laughs> don't don't stare at don't stare at the currency in your wallet too long and imagine what would happen if we all just decided we didn't want it anymore. And definitely don't take any mushrooms before you do that. We no, may, we may never see you again. Because then George Washington's head becomes a mushroom, <laughs> no, and you never get out of it. No, that's when you leave society and move out to the woods because you're just like, what am I even doing? Right. <laughs> Do you, so what do you think this – what kind of impact this has on the prospects for Watch Dogs Legion? I, I mean, mean, it should make it better. I mean, I think it's better, yeah. I but mean, is, is this like a red flag saying that the game maybe isn't what it's been marketed as so far? Um, no. I mean, they specifically called out that, like, the, the, the fact that it is what it is is one of the reasons it's taking them longer than they thought to get it to work properly. So the fact that they're willing to admit that is good. Yeah. I also think it's good that they brought up Ghost Recon Breakpoint as an example of... Oh, a, I didn't even see that, actually. They brought up Breakpoint as an example of we had to get that out faster than we wanted. And it ended up not the way we wanted it to be, so we don't want that to happen to Watch Dogs. No. So, I mean, they, they are literally acknowledging that, like... I didn't see that quote. That, that they don't want Legion to, fo- to basically suffer the same fate as Breakpoint. Smart. So, <laughs> I mean, probably in part because Breakpoint sold less than they expected it would. Yeah. Although it still did pretty well for being, you know, number six in the MPD for being out for like three days in the month. Not bad. Yeah. But like, I he mean. Didn't have a lot of competition though. But I mean, that's sort of like Eve's in a nutshell. It's sort of like he just, he'll acknowledge stuff that almost any other president yeah. wouldn't. That's why I like him. So yeah. He's a straight shooter. So I mean, I think they're delaying watchdogs for the, the right reasons. Um, so I, I, and hopefully that will make it better. I mean, one way or the other, I do sort of feel like watchdogs legion is going to launch with some rough edges. I, I don't. I don't see how this concept doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, I think what happened when they delayed this is I thought to myself, hmm. When I first saw this game, I thought it was kind of implausible, and then I started thinking back to a lot of the promises that had been made with prior Watch Dogs, and how mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily come to fruition. And I just think in general, it just made me skeptical about this game. Sort of. I mean, I know a couple people that are on it, and like. They're not the same people that made two. 
or one. That's good. And, like, they're, they're very open about the flaws of what was done before, and I don't think they want to repeat that. So I have, have faith in the people making this game, specifically the teams that are making this game, because I think their hearts are in the right place. The question is, is corporate going to give them enough time to realize that? And from this delay, it feels like, well, they're at least giving lip service to it. Um, and It's a very ambitious but the, but, game. But, yeah, but also the other thing, remember, is, you know, and I called this when it happened, uh, breakpoints you know, initial trailers were very misleading. Yeah. I mean, I didn't fall for it because I know what I know what they were doing, but like the same could be true of Legion. Like it's we true. don't you know, there's, yeah. there's you know, Ubisoft has no problem creating a pleasant fiction about what their game is like in its early marketing for them. And uh, we could be seeing this again. And, and I think it gets know. away with it because generally, not always, but generally, the game ends up being good. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? It's not what they said it was going right. to be, but you but still enjoy it. But I still it. like it. Yeah, And so exactly. it gives them a pass. But I think with Breakpoint, it was a little different because the game itself didn't right. end up being It's like they promised you a hot special. fudge sundae, but you didn't get that. But you still got ice cream. Yeah, it's like they know? didn't put the nuts on the top like they said they were going to. But well, I you st- wouldn't want that. Right, so. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely but not. But uh, it's the same question. It's like, yeah, like you, maybe did, launches, you didn't get the treat you wanted, but you still got a treat. I still like it. all right. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they dial back some of the NPC stuff so it's not just, like, every NPC is someone that you can take under your wing and then track. And, or, like, they would be, you know, I mean, you could do that. It just wouldn't be very interesting after a while. You know, like, everybody would kind of have a standard uh you, know, you, you get a standard set of stats and personality stuff, and you just have you'd have generic ones, but you'd also have ones that like you could actually follow around and watch them do their yeah. thing. And and I'm, oh, I'm sure you could do that in general, but the thing would it would end up being that like there would be specific characters. Yeah, that's that's my doorbell. Like, there's no way to make that quiet. I've tr- I literally have it turned to silent in the preferences for the app and the preferences on the phone. And it still makes noise. I don't wow. know. I don't know what that is. Um, the uh, I, but I feel like you'd still end up with sort of the power gaming thing where everybody would just be like, well, if you want an old woman who's a sniper who has good tech skills, go to this part of Piccadilly Circus and you'll find her with the pink hair and the corn. Like that's who you. So like, there would be a best NPC for each job. You know. I mean like like I feel like you would people would narrow it down so like there sure there'd be you could be any NPC in the game but there would really be like a hundred that were worth using right. you know what I mean yeah find them a compromise some right some way. Yeah. I mean I think that's what's gonna be anyway that's like, what I'm saying I think, I think that's <laughs> what we're gonna dial get. it back a little bit yeah uh, and then two more games Ubisoft delayed on the same day next up is Rainbow Six Quarantine mm. which I didn't even really realize it had a release date in the first place. Because, yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, all they've shown is this trailer here. It's like 40 seconds long. Like, they haven't really... They did, like, a little developer doc on stage at E3, but otherwise, like, they haven't shown much of the game. I don't think expectations for it were all that high yet anyway. I don't think it's, like, a huge loss, I guess is what I'm getting No, at. I mean, it's also better to make sure this thing is good when it comes out because it's got a lot to prove. It's different from the other Rainbow Six games, drastically different. Yeah. Um, so and I remember, think, if it doesn't come out and do something worthwhile, you'll never see them mess with the Rainbow Six formula again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it's hard to miss something that you weren't excited for in the first place. And right. it's not that I'm, like, down on this. We just haven't seen enough of it to even know. Because it's like a competitive, like, zombie shooter, which is just so mm. so out of character for that franchise. But at least you'll be spreading its wings. And then the last delay was Gods and Monsters, which is Ubisoft's Breath of the Wild-looking game. Now, I will say this. 
when that was shown at E3 and they announced immediately that it was coming the first quarter of 2020, mm-hmm. I said, no effing way. Like, I just, because we had never seen it. It and, was like January, wasn't it? It was like yeah, late January. I was like, I knew right away that it wasn't going to come in the first quarter of 2020. They're still saying it's coming next year sometime. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I believe that, to be honest with you. I can believe that. Um, to have not shown a lick of gameplay yet. Yeah, I mean, you got it's a long year. It is. Uh, and I, I also saw, by the way, we were wondering, you know, about some of Ubisoft's other projects. And, like, I saw that Michelle Ansel is doing another stream. So mm-hmm. that game is still coming. Like, Yeah. I mean, beyond good and evil, I feel like you're going to end yeah, up. Yeah, I think tomorrow they're doing an update stream on it. So I mean, it would be a good launch window title for the new systems. Sure that's for would. Sure. And right now is the perfect time to start ramping stuff up yep. for it. Ubisoft is usually the first out of the gate on that stuff. I would also argue that what we've seen of that game, I was not—I didn't really believe could run on current gen anyway. Like I was looking, like I'm I'm sure running that on a super PC and it's already chugging a little bit. Like I'm sure it will, but it won't look like that. You'll you'll be you'll be scaling the the, or I mean, who knows? I mean, Ubisoft's got the balls for something like that. Maybe maybe Beyond Good and Evil Two is the first next gen only game. Like you know, what what do you got to lose at this point? Yeah, or. Watch Dogs Legion ends up becoming. I don't think that's possible. Like, it's we'll see. No way. Like, just just looking at that game, Watch Dogs Legion, like that's totally current gen. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't no need problem. like more powerful hardware to run it unless yeah. you start talking about all the stuff that's going on underneath the hood that's using up all those CPU cycles. Yeah, and, I mean, it might be better on the new. On the, I mean, probably. But like, and maybe you could get away. Maybe you can make the whole NPC thing work on. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that NPC right. thing is all that demanding in the end it's just yeah. da- it's just data attached to these characters and a lot know? of development so uh, it, yeah it's just it's detail and you got to get people to write basically little bios for everybody who's walking around and stuff yeah, like to it, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be it's doing. really just busy work yeah so. but it's work yeah oh yeah yep so there you go big delays coming last week luckily i did not draft any of those games on my fantasy team no <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Gods and Monsters is kind of the biggest disappointment there for me because I think yeah. that looks really cool. It seems to be the most exciting game. But there was always a feeling of like, am I really going to play that in January? I, I knew it was January. I mean, a Ubisoft game that you see for the first time in June and then you That's don't see I'm again. Saying. And it's like, it's, like it's just not how they roll. So. I just, I, when I saw it at E3, I didn't think it was happening. Yeah. So anyway, the good news is they're all coming next year. At least as of right now, they are. We'll see. Um, so it's not like they were delayed until like next gen or anything like that, but yeah, nevertheless, set your expectations accordingly. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about an Xbox Pro. We're never seeing Skull and Bones. Maybe not. It (laughs) really does look like it's like canned. It's weird. Because it's been at E3 playable twice. Yeah. Well, then again, Beyond Good and Evil 2 came back. Yeah. So, see in seven years, Skull and Bones. That's a good point. Uh, we're going to talk next about a, an Xbox program that was launched a long time ago, and we did talk about it on Game Face because I think I went on a diatribe about Layaway. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Where I was like, oh, you young whippersnappers, you never even heard of Layaway. And it's this thing when we were kids growing up where you could go and buy yeah. something. And you I mean, just, Walmart still does it. Does it? Yeah. And you could just pay a little bit like every week or every month, and you could basically just pay in installments to buy whatever you wanted. Well, M- Microsoft launched a program for Xbox hardware called Xbox All Access. And that was two years ago, I think. And since then, it is just kind of disappeared. I mean, I'm sure it's there. Maybe it's been there all along, but people didn't really I, talk I about it. I see it pop up once in a while. I, I didn't really know what it was. Yep. Well... Microsoft just reminded everybody of the program because it has announced that in the U.S., the U.K., and Australia, 
you will now be able to use Xbox All Access to upgrade to Scarlet. So hmm. here's here's Ooh, the thing. Boy, this is some old B-roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sunset well, Overdrive pack in. Well, it's hard to have a B-roll for this because yeah. there's no trailers for Xbox All Access. So this is just like a general Xbox hardware B-roll, which actually will make sense, I think, the more we talk mm. about uh, about this. I think the reason All Access did not work or did not become a story the first time is because it is so freaking complicated. It's like you're not just making a deal with Microsoft, you're actually making a deal with a bank. And a lot of like the upgrade stuff is dependent upon you having made X number of payments to that creditor, which I can't remember what the bank is. It's a different bank for every territory. Mm. You have to have made X number of payments to that creditor. They could not have been late. Your credit has to be in good standing. And then again, you had to make X number of them before you can then parlay that into buying the next console. This So this launched for Xbox One X the first time. So I guess that would put it about a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. That's about right. Um, two years, yeah, two years ago. And so now they're bringing the program online for Scarlet, Xbox Two, whatever it ends up being called. I think it'll probably be a Xbox Two. No. No? You don't think so? Xbox something, but not two. Huh. I don't think it'll be two. Seems like a lot of people have come along or come around to that. Everyone else is calling it Xbox Two right now. I think it's just because no one else, you don't know what else to call it. I mean, I call it that too. Or Xbox Next. Next or whatever But, the hell but that was like, I think, what they called this one. Right. I don't, I don't think. Next Box. Next Box, yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think they're uh, going to call it Xbox Two. I think it'll be something equally weird that we could never predict because it's. I don't know. Xbox One felt like something that was made up in a marketing room for no good reason. I don't think I don't know if Xbox Two is really the move. Well, I mean, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty was undoubtedly created in a marketing room. Yeah, <laughs> that was back when like Three Hundred and Sixty was this thing. Like, if you were ever in like a, a meeting at your company, you heard Three Hundred and Sixty at least three times per meeting. Mm-hmm. We were talking about strategy and stuff like that. So I kind of got where that came generally from. used to mean one hundred and eighty. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you, heard, you heard that a lot too. Is 180 yeah. or 360? 360 meant that like everything is working together in concert, mm-hmm. and then 180 is a pivot, meaning y'all we've completely changed. Although our sometimes mind. you heard someone say, like, "Oh, we need to make a 360 and walk away from this." It's like, yeah, 360 is a full circle, dude. Yeah, you're like, right back. Unless you're moonwalking, <laughs> you're, it's not what you think you're saying. Uh, so anyway, they've initiated this program again for Scarlet, and basically what happens is if you buy an Xbox One X from Microsoft. And you keep your payments up, and I think it's 18 months or 18 payments that you have to uh, you have to you have to go through a credit check. You have to make 18 consecutive payments, and then you can upgrade to a Scarlet in time for a launch next year. Now, what I don't get is we're way more than 18 months away, or way less than 18 months away from Scarlet launching. So I don't know how you get. 18 payments in. Maybe they're saying you can get yeah, it in know. the launch window or something. I don't know. But it, then you have to buy it by the end of the year or something? Yep. Like, you have to buy the Xbox One X by the end of the year. So December 31st is the last day that you can buy it. Uh, and then you will have, have must have made 18 payments, and then you get a credit check. And then if you stick with those plans, you'll be able to upgrade uh, on a payment basis for Xbox Two, Xbox Scarlet, whatever it is. Do you think anyone's going to use this? Xbox Red. Yeah. <laughs> no one would. I mean, Xbox Red, I know, has been thrown around, but I don't think anybody would use that after YouTube Red crashed and burned as hard as it did. Oh. Uh, why would they call it Xbox Red, though? Scarlet. Oh. 
Yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying Where, that, I need the, the old buzzer that we had to. I'm saying the, <laughs> the name of this system is going to come out of nowhere. Like yeah. it's going to be some weird ass thing that we never would have possibly. It's going to be called Xbox Motorsport or something. Like it's no, there's <laughs> no logic behind what they're doing with it. I, I wish Microsoft had. It'll per- be something you can't turn into like something like X Bone, though. Yeah. I promise you that. They're going to run it. Yeah, they're going to run it through every possible nickname generator they got. <laughs> Because they were so mad when yeah, people started calling it that. I'm like, how is that not the first thing you do with that name? Like, here's some here's some inside baseball stuff on Sifted. So um, in our admin, like Brent was building it, and like in our admin, which people don't see, like our co- the, the platforms are abbreviated. So GameCube's like GCN or whatever, and Brent made Xbox One X Bone. And I looked at it, and I was I emailed Brent. I'm like, we can't do this, man. He's like, oh, it's behind the walls. No one's ever see ever sees it. I'm like, we can't do it though, because maybe someday those tags do mean something. Mm-hmm. And now we're working on site updates, and one of the big one of not one of the big changes, but one of the changes coming is that we're going to have platform pages for every platform. So it's not just going to be Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, PC. There will be a separate page for every single Nintendo platform and every PlayStation platform, blah, blah, blah. So now, because we're using that and we're just tying into our old database, like the pages that I'm looking at that are generated are generated based upon those things that he created back when we were building Sifted. So right now, the Xbox One page absolutely says X-Bone really big Mm. on it on our development server. So... We're going to have to fix a lot of stuff like that for whatever we do the Sifted 2.0. Yeah. But my but, Actually, here's here's my bet for the name of the system. They're just going to call it Xbox. You think? They're, I mean, it makes sense because it's probably going to be the last one. I don't think – see, I don't th- I, see, I don't believe that. I don't think this, the, the, this is the last console generation by a long shot. But I do think Microsoft is going to go the opposite. I mean, I think well, there will be a PS6 and a PS7 and all that. But I think Microsoft's going to go. Microsoft's going to go the other way. Start drawing less of a line between generations, and you will just buy a more powerful Xbox, and like you can an iPhone. Just keep calling it Xbox. Yeah, for... just call it Xbox. I mean, maybe, iPhones. Do maybe you put maybe you put letters after them. You know, like the Xbox One S or like what, right. Xbox One X. Like you know, like you you get away with that. Hell, call it the Xbox A. You got, <laughs> you got twenty five more upgrades to go. None of you. that crap matters. No. People get all bent out of shape about it. If you can name a console the Wii. Or and have it become Dreamcast. a smash hit, yeah. it doesn't matter. The name makes no difference whatsoever. So, Or Dreamcast. Yeah. Or, I mean, Xbox was a dumb name, too. It was literally just the DirectX development kit. That's it. Like, that's that's what they called Xbox. They just never came up with enough. X-Play was a terrible name, too. It we was. Just, it was. An abbreviation of extended play that we used to, like... Right on the on the pitch documents, now, and we never changed it. Now, well, no, that's not true, Matt. What happened was somebody came up with X Play, and pretty much all of us hated it. Mm-hmm. And the showrunner said, "No, we're going to use it because we never came up with a better name." No, we did. There were better what names. names? I, I don't remember now. But I mean, I, I remember those meetings, but we didn't come up with anything better than that. I mean, maybe it was better than I that. I absolutely remember better names. I was very angry that that the show ended up becoming X Play, and again, it didn't matter. No, because if it's a good show, people don't care what it's called. If it's a good console. They're not going to care about... But I don't remember a single other name we came up for, with for it. I don't so. remember him either, but that was like... Coming up with names for a gaming was show like is terrible. 13 years ago. <laughs> it's so long. I do remember, though, it bothered the crap out of me because I thought the name was so stupid was that we went with. 16 years ago. Yeah. So 16. think about that. It doesn't surprise me that neither of us can remember any of the other names. I remember a lot of stuff, but I, I do specifically remember we didn't come up with a better name. Or else we didn't come up with a name we could sell 
the higher ups. I thought there were better names. Our showrunner thought there were. And then there hit a point um, where basically they had to make the graphics. Yep. And And they're like, that's it. it. Yeah, it was over. (laughs) Because we had all of what, like a month to like Pretty much. I mean, yeah. I mean, we didn't even want to do it at first, and they're just like, well, you can either do that or we're going to cancel you. We're like, all right, we'll okay, do that. we'll do that. Yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, Sounds fun. like a great idea. I, I we do spent wish- 10 years trying to <laughs> explain to people why we called it that. I, I do wish Microsoft had provided some data when it made this announcement because it hasn't said how successful this program has been. But can mm-hmm. you imagine very many people actually using this? Maybe. I mean, I don't – it seems convoluted to me, but if it's the only way you can afford it, like – Sure. It doesn't seem. I mean, that part of the the appeal of the layaway thing, or especially the way like you know, like big box stores do that, is like it's simple, right? Like it makes. Here's how much you pay. Here's how much you pay. Chip away at it. Yeah, and then you're done. You don't have to pay X amount of money every month either. You can pay whatever you want every month on that. I think there's a minimum of like five bucks or whatever. Right. But like it's a very simple payment plan. Yeah. This seems very. Convoluted. You have to get a credit check. Credit so, check. So let specific, me ask you specific this. bank. Like yeah, that's yeah. the downside. Let me ask you this: How many people that have to buy a console on a payment plan are going to have credit good enough to get on yeah. the payment plan? That's, I did think of that when you said the credit had to be. At yeah, a certain it makes level. no sense. Like it, I don't know. It seems absurd to me. I like the concept of it. I like that Microsoft is trying to help people who maybe can't afford that big chunk of money right mm-hmm. up front. Because I have been one of those people. Many times in my life, but also in those times in my life, I don't think that being able to pluck down twenty bucks a month and get a credit check were things that were going to work for me either. Mm-hmm. Like I was just broke. <laughs> like, and it's when you, you're like, okay, it's twenty bucks a month or whatever, but you're like, twenty bucks—that's like a lot of ramen. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It, it seems like it's a thoughtful idea, and it's great that Microsoft is doing it. I just don't see it being particularly feasible. Yeah. I mean, you do get Game Pass with it, so I guess you you, you, yeah. you'd uh, you have save, a library. Yeah, you wouldn't have to buy games on top of it, and you save a hundred bucks a year just on Game Pass. Yeah, so there's some value. It's there. not a terrible deal. It's just like if you could buy it any other way, I would do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, his worst case scenario, uh, without a doubt. I thought the program had actually gone away. Like I just had never heard anything mm-hmm. about it for a really long time since it launched, and I just thought it was gone. So. I guess it isn't gone, and Microsoft is buffing it up for uh, Xbox Scarlet or whatever it ends up being called. But, Xbox Max. Yeah, but I would advise. Here's what I would say. I would just say, I would just say start saving that ten or twenty bucks a month now. Yeah, just, just start doing it now. Pick pick one or the other, and just assume yeah, you're going to spend five hundred bucks. Put it someplace. You get your paycheck. Take ten bucks out. Put it in a piggy bank or someplace where mm-hmm. you can keep it safe. And this time next year, if if you, Xbox is what you want. You'll have enough to buy it, mostly, probably. Maybe you can get a, your boyfriend or girlfriend or your mom or something to chip in, whatever you got An left early over. Christmas. Right. Yeah. So just want- Just ask for cash for your birthday. Yeah. That's always the, that's the best thing to do. Like, I'm at the point in my life where, like, I don't buy anything for anybody anymore because everybody I know has everything they want. So it's just all gift cards or cash or whatever. I think that's the way it is for a lot of people. Or Voltron. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's easier when you specifically mention something right. that you want. It makes it a lot easier. Otherwise, you're just kind of whistling in the dark. So uh, we want to keep you guys informed on this stuff. Obviously, Gen 9 is coming, and uh, that is a way for you guys to get one of the gener- next-generation consoles at hopefully uh, a rate and a price that you can afford and you can manage. All right, let's move on. I feel like we've already talked a lot about Fallout in yeah. this episode. Uh, maybe this w- should have come right back-to-back after The Outer Worlds. Uh, but we're going to talk about Bethesda and just what the hell it's doing. Um, this week, 
it was announced that Bethesda is launching a subscription program for Fallout 76 called Fallout First. It is $13 a month USD in the United or, States. Or 100 bucks a year. Or 100 bucks a year. So you could save, what, 30 bucks, I guess? Yeah. A little more. By, uh, by paying the whole chunk. Uh, what you get for your $13 a month is private servers, infinite storage, a big chunk of in-game currency every month. I did not do the math to figure out if you're getting your money's worth in in-game currency every month. I, th I think it's like 1600 something. I think that's like 20 bucks oh. worth of atoms. Oh, so you're getting actually more in-game currency than what you're paying. Maybe, yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's more like 15 I don't know. Okay. Uh, you get. Uh, I've never played Fallout 76, so I don't actually oh. know. <laughs> yeah, I jumped didn't on get everything. me. <laughs> it got me. But, well, they sent it to me, but I played it. I tried to play it. Uh, so you get in-game currency, you get mod support, and here's the craziest thing. You get the ability to play the game by yourself. Uh, the private server thing? Well, yeah, but you can play by yourself. Like, you mm -hmm. can create Start a world server. where it's just you and there's nobody else. In the other modes, you can't control it, but I would argue... There are so few Fallout 76 players left that you're kind of playing by yourself already. Yeah, I wouldn't really worry about that too much. I mean, I suppose I think they, they pitch it as like you can play with just your friends or whatever. Right, because you can private but, invite them to right, the server. But the yeah. server's not persistent, so as soon as the host leaves, it's everyone just gone. gets kicked off. It's very weird. And like there's things like, okay, infinite storage... That doesn't cost you anything to put no. put in the game. No. Also, no. when they went live, a bunch of people's stuff got deleted. They lost their inventory. So, <laughs> I mean, it's I, so bad. I assume they will like re restore that. But like, what? It feels like they're just going ahead with their roadmap for this game and like ignoring everything that's actually happened in reality. See, I would completely disagree with that. I don't think they're going with their roadmap at all. I think this game is a complete and utter disaster, and and Bethesda is trying to milk its whales for all it can. Maybe, but like, I feel it like knows I feel like it, coming to the game. I feel like the only reason for the timing of this is they're sticking to some like broke down old roadmap that shouldn't apply anymore. Because otherwise, you launch this when you do the big patch that adds NPCs and that overhauls everything. And every, yeah, we got pushed back to next year. So they're like, oh, the things that are actually going to make the game quote unquote good will get pushed to next year. But if you want to just give us money for nothing right now, here you go. It's, like, it's very strange. Like it's I, I mean, I, I just I really think Bethesda is it's an experiment. I think Bethesda is trying to push the limits of how much it can squeeze its biggest fans for. And Somewhat. I think and, and I, I think, think it's it by use necessity that information to develop future games. Maybe I think also they just need a revenue stream because, as I've said before. Starfield is a long way away. Oh, I mean, People, they need they need income. I mean, from the next Elder Scrolls is even far, oh, further further than that. The next Elder Scrolls is middle next decade. I mean, are like, you starting to get scared that we this... might be talking about GTA Seven by the time uh, Elder Scrolls Six is rolling around? I mean, are you starting to get scared that this is a company that's making the next Elder Scrolls? I mean, it's entered my head. Yeah, for sure. Like I almost like now, like damn, I wish you could have like farmed out yeah. Obsidian to make it. I mean, don't forget. When they announced Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 at E3 last year, Todd straight up said on stage, the technology to make Elder Scrolls 6 doesn't exist yet. We haven't even started. Yeah. Like, these games are a long way out. Fallout 76, I think, was supposed to sustain Bethesda, you know, as far as an internal thing. Because they've obviously got 
id stuff and right. and you know human head and all this but i think that was supposed to be their cash cow for like four years <gasps> like i think this thing was supposed to at least be a three-year cycle and at this point there's Bethesda. a point at which you really like that's why i think they announced starfield and elder Scrolls 6 so early there is i think they knew what fallout 76 was going to end up being by the time e3 rolled around and like we got to give people something to look forward to so now we're going to be looking forward to starfield for another three years or something like it's 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 a mess. It is a mess. It, it, what has happened over? Like there? I worry about Bethesda's existence. I know. If this keeps I'm, going I on. know. Like you. Well, first of all, that's not going to happen. This game is not going to sustain Bethesda Game Studios for the next three or four years. It's just not. No. Like Doom better. Doom Eternal better hit big and hard. And I would also argue that if you're a big Elder Scrolls fan or you're really hyped about Starfield, like even if you are loving Fallout 76, do not buy this pass because you're just going to send a message to Bethesda that I'm okay with this and this is what I want in future games from you guys. And they will absolutely implement it. Yeah, so th- this, There's nothing in the package that makes it feel like um, a value at all. And the crazy part is... It's going free to play. Yeah. It, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. I don't know why. But you, you announced the game is going to go free to play. And then later you announce a subscription? Or even alongside going free to play. Like, like there's a time to announce this. And it's not when it's not. I mean, obviously you get access to the game just by subscribing. It's, I mean, it's essentially free to play. Yeah. In the sense that if you make the subscription, you can play without buying the $60 right. game on top of that. But, like, you don't announce the subscription. I'm not 100% sure that's true. I'm, that's how, I think that's how it works. You yeah. get the game with like the subscription? Like, you get to play the game. As long as you subscribe, you get to, you get to play the game. Okay. I wasn't sure of that. I'm, I think so. Okay. Maybe someone in chat can clarify for sure. But it's like, I just don't. Like, why do you. Like, the subscription service is not a thing to announce, to, to release on its own. Like, you release that in conjunction with going free-to-play or in conjunction with the big NPC patch that overhauls how the game works. Yeah. Or some... Like, you give me some big new upgrade or big new expansion or big new change that makes me want to play, and then you throw that subscription thing up there with the little little breadcrumb goodies to make me say, oh, it'd be nice. I'm going to play it anyway. It'd be nice to play with those other extra things, and that entices me to maybe give you 13 bucks for the month. If not, you know, maybe not subscribe for $100 for a year, but, like, throw in 13 bucks just to, just to, to play with some little bonus bonus stuff for like while I try it out. Sure. Especially, I mean, if, it's- especially if it's free to play and I don't have to pay anything else for it. 13 bucks thrown at it for, like, a, what essentially amounts to a starter pack makes a lot of sense. That's standard mobile game design but just throwing a subscription service at us with nothing no other changes like what what are you doing i mean the other part of this is that this was a fully priced game right. this game was 60 dollars when people bought it like and you're if you're trying to squeeze 13 dollars a month or more if you bought like the deluxe stuff or the, yeah. the thing that gave you atoms every month or if you bought that if you're one of 30 people 32 who people the bought the helmet that tried to kill you last <laughs> month i mean it's it, there's there's so much nonsense attached to this game there, but I think you're right. Like, there, I don't think there's any way you can deny at this point that the, there was a big, gigantic plan for this game that just face planted on yeah. launch day. Like, it's not. Even, like, I'm not even mad about it. It's like I'm kind of like, mad about it. I no. I, th- I mean, I, early on, sure, and I was upset that Fallout 76 wasn't something I was interested in. I was irritated, even when you were playing it to talk about it on the show, and I wasn't because I refused to get involved. Yeah. Like, I was, <laughs> I, I was angry. I was angry that I couldn't play a fall- new Fallout. I yeah. love Fallout. I've been playing Fallout since like, the first one came out in the 90s. Like, yep. the fact that they made a f- big Fallout game 
that I had no interest in and I felt like excluded from basically because it was so outside of my interest. Like I was, I was upset. I was a little angry about that. But now I, I just want to call Bethesda and be like, "Are you guys okay? Like, yeah. what's going on?" It's like, weird we're... because of all the publishers, it's probably the one that I know the people who work there the best. Like, mm-hmm. they're not just colleagues; like, they're friends. And it's just baffling to me yeah. because they know games very well. They know what's going to work and what's not going to work. I don't know where this. Well, this, also, I really like are coming some from. of my favorite games. Ever yeah, are, are made game. by them, typically you know? they make or published by them. Like they yeah. generally make really good stuff, and I'm just like I don't. I mean, and that's the same way I'm kind of constantly confused as to why they put publish this really good third party or second party output, and no one freaking buys it. Like, yeah. why don't more people? Why haven't more people played Prey? I don't know. Prey's great. I mean, all Dishonored that, Two is great. All that stuff like, that they this, farm out is great. It's all great, and nobody wants it. No one touches it. That immersive sim stuff. I keep forgetting Rage Two came out this year. Yeah, because no and one I, talks and about. I really it. enjoyed the hell out of yeah, that. Yeah, I too, really liked so. it. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, they've been getting. I mean, it's been a combination of. Portland. Jay Reed Vic just mentioned Evil Within, which I just completely forgot existed. Yeah, but those games are good too. And there's also like there's no substitute for those games, at least not until. Resident Evil 2 Remake came out this year, um, which I would say is better than The Evil Within's. But, like, yeah. Evil Within at least has that feeling made by the same guy who created Resident Evil. It yeah. has that – you feel like you're playing a survival horror game that was made the year it came out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. And it's like, warts and all, it's at least something that's admirable. And I just don't understand how Fallout, something like Fallout 76 happens from this company that puts out – I know not everybody agrees, but I think they put out quality stuff for the most part. They do. I don't think there's any denying that. I mean, this is obviously oh, a blemish. The internet will deny it, believe well, you me. the internet will deny anything. I mean, that's not a good barometer to use. No, but I it's mean... Just, it's been a combination of poor decision-making, poor marketing, and not reading the market. Yeah. But that's really what it is. Because, look, you're right. Almost all those games, Prey, Dishonored, Rage. They're great games. But one, they made a poor decision to greenlight them in the first place. Two, they ultimately marketed them poorly. And Mm. that's a lethal combination when you're talking about games that sell or don't sell. And you're right. Like, they've had how many stinkers in a row now? A lot. I mean, it's really starting to get to the point where, like, you know, if you had said, like, but even the new Wolfenstein didn't sold under expectations. Way under. Yeah. So it's just been one bomb after another. And you wonder because. They're not publicly held. It makes you a little more nervous about it. Like mm-hmm. they don't have like those cash reserves that a lot of other companies have that can kind of weather the tough times. And I like, don't know. I mean, at least they don't have to answer to shareholders. It's true. But like you want, you know, we, that also means maybe because they that, should be. Well, because they're <laughs> private, we also don't know anything about their finances or or how all that works. Right. And, and maybe know. that's part of the problem is that they're not answering to shareholders and they're just making their own decisions instead of kind of listening to fans and. People who have stakes in their company, well, I don't know. Shareholders, shareholder-run companies don't listen to the fans either. I mean, it's, it's, it, that's not going to change Pretty that. Because yeah. um, mostly fans can't afford to be high-stakes high shareholders. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, just, I, mean, the, I mean, the problem with Fallout 76 is, like, I understand the appeal of it from a, from a revenue standpoint, like, from a theoretical revenue standpoint, but, like, like the groundskeeper for Bethesda's office could have sat in that pitch meeting and said this was not a good idea. Yeah. Like this is not what people want from from this property. And here we are. Like you're still struggling to make this thing not even relevant, but just like sustainable. 
Do you think this will help at all, this subscription, I, Fallout First? And do you think it'll carry it, on as no. something that they're going to brand and use in the next fall, official, like, real Fallout? Which no. could come, like, God, I mean, I, I'll probably be dead when the next Fallout Oh, the next out. Fallout? Yeah. Like, 2028? I mean, it might I be. Mean, that'd be 10 years from now almost. Yeah. I'll be like retired. That's why one other. <laughs> that's another reason I really don't care that Outer Worlds is so similar to Fallout because it's the only Fallout we're getting for a decade. Uh, like we'll have three Outer Worlds games by the time Fallout Five shows up. I promise. So I don't know. Like I, I mean, I'm sure this, the subscription will stick around because it doesn't cost them anything to have the subscription service exist. Really, in in the in light of like how much it costs to keep the game running in yeah. comparison, um, I. Do I think it'll work? I mean, like I'm, like I'm torn there because on one hand I would like Bethesda to not die. On the other hand, like I would hope people aren't dumb enough to pay money for this. Oh, people, you know what I mean? People, I'm sure some will. Like the you know whales aren't whales for nothing. I mean, you got people who some that guy spent 150 thousand dollars on that Transformers mobile game. That Transformers mobile game is terrible. Yeah, terrible. And and I'm and like look. Even like you have to admit, I mean, they just put out a new trailer for the new upgrade for that Transformers game where GI Joe is going to show up in it. I'm like, that's awesome, great. I'm still not playing your shitty game. Yeah. Like, I'm like, but, but that's really but cool. Good idea. But good idea. Well done. <laughs> you almost got me. Except I played it before and it sucks. Yeah. So it's like, like, I don't know why that any of the stuff they're offering for the subscription would make this game any better to someone who's already played it. Like, there's not. not I mean, I haven't played it, but certainly looking at what you get in that subscription thing it- doesn't make me think like, oh, that's that's what I was waiting for to jump. In on this, like no, like I don't. I guess what I'm. I don't working, get it. What I'm working at in my mind is: is it a net positive? The money that they'll generate with that, because they will generate some. Some there like, will be some, and yeah. nobody's buying the game anymore. Let's just be honest. No one's going to pay sixty dollars for this game now. So, as far as people paying for the game is concerned, that's kind of off. Yeah, the that table. window's pretty much closed. It's done. Yeah, it was a so, year ago. It's yeah. Done. So this is a way to actually generate revenue off of that same code, but then you wonder the. The cachet that you're burning with right. fans just over enacting this, if it hurts you more in the long run, like I don't know what the answer to I that mean, is. I mean, I don't know. I mean, assuming like they're they're still going to continue to rely on the mainstream audience to make their games the hits they they are in the sense of like Starfield or Elder Scrolls, um, it probably wouldn't hurt their reputation much because most people that you know the 10 million to 15 million people that buy like say Skyrim don't even know that that that's a thing. Yeah. You know? But like, it does generate a lot of negative press. And we're talking about it right even, now. Even if it's a niche core thing, like it, you know, word of mouth, you know, can matter on this kind of thing. And I just don't, I don't know if it's going to end up being worth it. Like, I feel like, I feel like we're going to have to see another course correction in like six months just to try to mitigate the. That's when the new patch will finally. Launch. Probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, would it shock you if that, if that no. big patch happens at like E3? Not at all. Of course. No, I not, mean, that actually makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll see a preview of it at game the game awards. Yeah. But I don't know if we'd see the patch before June. Probably not. I mean, what they're talking about is a massive overhaul of this thing. And it needs it. And God knows what bugs are going to be introduced when you do that. Yeah. Like, Did anybody in the chat ever look and see if it the game's free if you subscribe? No. I mean, I don't see anything. Lots of comments about Bethesda though. But you can see even in our in the comments on chat People love Bethesda. They're passionate about it. They don't... I don't know. It's hard to see it going away because it does have so many mm-hmm. fans that are just so hardcore also, into it. Also, drop this engine already. Yeah. like It's it, so ugly. It was funny watching the trailer and then watching the actual in-game yeah. footage here because it is like night and day. 
It's like you watch the trailer, you're like, oh, that game's kind of pretty. And then you start watching this B-roll of me actually playing the game, and you're like, dang. Yeah, <laughs> that trailer that trailer where they're showing off like the, the yeah. foliage of the West Virginia countryside, yeah. it's like, nah, the game doesn't look like that, No, folks. it definitely does not. So anyway, that's the latest update on Bethesda. Um, I think it was. I think ultimately, if I had to decide, I think it was a bad idea because. Yeah, and I also feel like I think the mi- the limited revenue it's going to generate is not worth even taking the risk of pissing off your hardcore. Well, fans. also, I feel like it's it would have worked maybe a little better if you then had Doom Eternal to take the sting out of it. Yeah, and then you delay the end of that next month, and yeah. then that we but we lost that. So the the only real Bethesda news or anything we're getting for quarter four is, hey, give us more money for bullshit. Pretty much. Yep. So there you go. It's going to be a long time till we see something from Bethesda people are going to get excited about. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, just go just go play the Outer Worlds, I yeah, guess. Yeah. That's a good point. All right, let's move on. We're going to Obsidian's talk- ready. <laughs> ready to move in. Yeah. I'm excited to what see what Obsidian does with Microsoft with all those resources and everything. It yeah. Could, it could become one of the premier developers in the industry, I believe. We'll see. Uh, next up we're going to talk about Death Stranding again coming out now in what about 10 days. Mm. Uh, Matt, when you walked into the studio, you were telling me that you've been listening to podcasts, and everyone's under embargo for this game, and they're technically... But you can feel them struggling against it, and like a couple people felt like they were not... They, it felt like they wanted to warn me, yeah. basically. Yeah, so the game comes out in eight days, and everyone's under embargo for reviews and impressions, uh, but Matt has been listening, watching some podcasts lately where... The editors have had, and I've been in this position before too, where the editors have had problems not sharing their opinion. And usually, speaking from experience, that's because the game is really bad. And you... You want to warn people off of it. Yeah, if you're enjoying something, late, you just sit, you just sit there smugly and, and don't do anything. Yeah. I, I just, it, look, if but you people, guys, when Death Stranding's embargo is mentioned, I've heard multiple people go, Ugh. like just, yeah. just like like they like they can't wait to talk about it. this thing's going to be tens and ones. I'm telling you. So here's it's, a pro tip for you, people. If I'm ever talking to you about a game and I say it's under embargo and I can't tell you what I think of it, if I'm sitting here smiling like a butcher's dog. It generally means the game is boss, and you probably should start plucking your pennies into your piggy bank to buy it. That has not been happening with Death Stranding. No. Um, I mean, obviously, Dan Rickard is going to... I mean, he hates everything about this game already, so yeah. I can't... got discount. But I've heard other people that I consider very level, level-headed kind of reacting this way, kind of as just sort of a gut reaction of, like, you know, well, we can't talk about it yet. So, like... Yeah. I mean, the embargo is November 1st, so it's not like we're not going to know before. I mean, it's a week before the game comes yeah. out. So it's not like we're not going to know. Your reviews the, will the be opinions. out like Friday, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to have to like make your decision within like an hour between the embargo going up and the game coming out. Um, but uh, I, I am very I, – I have – I mean, I didn't even really want it. I just ordered it because it was selling out. It's the, the special edition, which uh, comes, comes with the baby and everything. So you did – you did pull the trigger on the baby. Oh, I, ordered, I, I ordered the baby back in, uh, like, like when it came out, when it was first announced, because that stuff sometimes But you were saying out. last week you were thinking about canceling it. I think I still might. Cause now, you, but you haven't yet. I haven't yet. Okay. Because, like, you know, like you said, like, oh, you could just sell it to a fan for, like, more than you pay for. I'm like, that's true. So, but then I'm, now I'm like, if this thing turns out to be poorly received, that thing's going to end up being worth less than the plastic it's made out of. It's so. possible. I might just kill it and go with the digital, cheapest digital version and call it a day. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> I might just kill the baby. Uh, I'd strand that plastic baby yeah. in the Amazon warehouse. 
So in the midst of all this stuff that's been going on while people are, are waiting feverishly for the reviews to come out, which again should come out on Friday, it was announced this week that it is coming to PC in mm-hmm. 2020, the summer of 2020. So Extremely unusual for a Sony-funded project. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. It's, it, it's a little over a year. All the Demon Souls people are like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a little over a year. Uh, or no, a little under a year. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot under a year. Summer, about, yeah. Yeah, about half a year away. About seven, nine months. About months. how long it takes to gestate a baby. <laughs> Funny. That is actually accurate. More like genius. Yeah. So you This would... is so dumb. This game's going to be so dumb. We'll see. I'm waiting for it. We haven't played it, though. Yeah. Have you played it? No, huh? No, we I don't because you don't have it yet. We don't, we no. don't. We are not under embargo because we don't have yeah, it. Yeah, so don't try to read into like any of my facial expressions from this episode or anything. I'm not no. sending you guys signals or anything. He's really thrilled about all the ladder climbing. <laughs> so it's coming to PC less than a year. Are you surprised by that? I am. Yeah, Cause, cause me Sony, too. Sony, Sony first party stuff really that doesn't happen much. Well, I mean, especially but, not like I mean, some stuff has, but not like big budget tentpole stuff like, like you're never microsoft gonna... we get it like oh, yeah it, it they just want you in the environment they, and they, they, windows, they make windows and, anyway yeah. like, but sony has never done that i mean if that if this is a thing where's my pc version of bloodborne or all of them yeah. like where's god of war for pc where's all of sony i mean this, part? this might spider-man for pc i mean this might be and almost certainly is related directly to the fact that it's kojima they, that's that what he, I was getting he wants a wider that's audience what i was getting or or is it that they've done the research on this game and they're like, yeah, sure, the otaku are freaking out about it, but when we actually focus test this game with the people who actually buy games, they're not interested. They think it's weird. They don't want to commit their money to and it. I think PC gamers are more esoteric about things like that. Well, it's so the they're... only other platform that's available to them. Right. I mean, they're not going <laughs> to release it on Switch. They're not going to release it on Xbox. I mean, that would be pretty funny, though. What, if they release A Switch it? version of this? Oh, gosh. You thought Witcher had had to be downgraded. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Witcher know if this and, is Witcher and its <laughs> Cheeto trees. Have you seen that meme? <laughs> no. Like for some reason, a bunch of trees in the game are like bright orange, and you, it looks like a bunch of Cheetos stuck in the landscape. <laughs> so uh, it was. It was. Uh, I don't know. Like that. Sometimes when you turn settings way down, strange things occur. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes games look better when you turn the settings way yeah. down. I hate to say it, but at least it gives them an art style. Sometimes, whereas before, maybe they just look like drab and and not very technically advanced. But I don't know. I mean, this Sony has not done this. Do you think Sony will do this again? I really don't. No, I, th- I feel like this is specific to Kojima. Yeah. And I don't think it's specific to Kojima. I don't think Kojima was like, I want a wider audience. I really audience. want a PC version. I think, yeah. I think he's like, look, if you guys want to make your money back, you might This wanna... can't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. We can make a PC version real simple. Yeah, because we developed it on a PC, and so, it, it's no skin off my my teeth. I mean, PS, PS4 is not a tremendously different architecture, so it's, it's not like converting something from PS3. No. Um, so I kind of already said my opinion on this, but do you think that this is a, a sign of a shift in focus for PlayStation, or do you think it's just a one-off? I think it's a, I think it's a sign of, in a shift in focus on this game. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think we're going to suddenly see like a PC version of Last of Us 2 or anything. I wonder also if Sony has been starting get started to get some feedback from critics who have been playing the game, and that may have contributed as well to them being like, "Oh boy, mm-hmm. 
We may need to get this out to some more well, people. Well, because the other thing is, is it's it's weird to me to announce this right before it comes out on PS4. Because right. you're inevitably going to get some people that decide to wait. Well, yeah, because a lot of people have a PS4 and a PC. Yeah, and a PC that's more powerful than their PS4. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to be like, wait a minute, I can wait six months and play this with you know way better frame rates yeah. or whatever. You also kind of lose the angle of, hey, this is kind of a PlayStation 5 launch game or at least a game that we can we can feature and focus on leading mm-hmm. up to launch like doesn't this seem like doesn't this announcement seem like exactly the kind of thing they'd give keely yeah for the game like some, some it's not a big thing it doesn't require a new trailer really or anything but it's just like a a, a reveal it's a it's right. a it's a it's in a world, world premiere, premiere. <laughs> but like exactly <laughs> uh oh they're saying um beard is says sony is not publishing it on PC, 505 is publishing it, so they mm. won't see any money from sales on PC. Interesting. That, see, that has to be related somehow to the deal Kojima made with Sony. It's also weird that 505 all of a sudden is like... 505 is making moves. It's like, publishing yeah. big games now. Yeah, 505 is uh, is up and coming. It published Control. 505 reminds me, uh, right now it reminded me of like when Ubisoft was just starting to kind of break out of yeah. that weird little... Sh- that little PC... Like, yeah. <laughs> Like back Shell when they were, they just, it's like, what is Ubisoft? Uh, Ubisoft makes weird Tom Clancy games, like yeah. Rayman. Like that's, that's all it yeah, was. That yeah. was it. Like the uh, Five Hundred Five reminds me of when Ubisoft started making like the big moves back, like you know, like fifteen years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it's slowly starting to change from an indie publisher to just a publisher. Yeah, yeah, which is big. I mean, Five Hundred Five's been around for a long time, but it hasn't made moves like this before. So I mean I don't know if they're making the right moves because the control is yeah. not tremendously well selling well, but I like where they're going. I like where they're trying to go. Yeah, I mean they're publishing great games. Like I go back and like I, you know, every time a game comes out from a publisher, I send the publisher an email. If they haven't reached out to us, I'm like, hey, we're looking for review code, blah blah blah. So a lot of times when a game comes out again from that publisher, I'll just pick it up with that same email thread where I was talking to the PR person. I'll be like, hey, now we need this. Uh, and when I was Emailing for control, I started looking at the thread from, the honestly, all the times I had asked them for code since Sifted launched, and pretty much all the games were good. Mm-hmm. Like, even their indie stuff tends to be pretty good and, and kind of break boundaries. So it's definitely a publisher on the rise. Uh, I'm surprised that they got this, though. You got to figure there were a lot of suitors who would like to have published yeah, this. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe Kojima really liked Abzu. It's, it's possible. I don't know. <laughs> Or maybe they just like the deal that 505 was willing yeah. to cut. Or maybe 505 was willing to publish something that's weird. Yeah, but make make no mistake. Like, they're saying that, like, Sony... No, Sony will make the money off of this. Like, 505 will pay the money to Sony. Sony owns this property and owns this game. So even though Sony isn't publishing it itself, it will still make some There's money. There's a deal in there somewhere. Yeah, one way it will or the make other. money somehow off the PC version. Enough to offset this game if it bombs? No. No. 505 doesn't have that kind of money. It doesn't even have that kind of money. <laughs> I mean, I still think this game is going to sell four to six million copies minimum. You think if the reviews come in and they're bad, it'll sell yeah. that much? Kojima's, the cult you of think Ko- it's, the cult of Kojima will come through Is it big it. enough? It's big enough. It's pretty enough. No, uh, I mean the cult of Kojima. Oh, not not that big. But, like, I think, any, I mean, if Days Gone can sell that much. Yeah. <laughs> like, this can point. sell that much. Yeah. That's true. Because so. I do expect this to be far more technically proficient than Days Gone was. Yeah, I Kojima mean, generally doesn't release. And like you're looking, games. I mean, you, you just got two two major actors that everybody and their brother recognizes from like major hits, and like you know, there's no yeah. there's no real reason. I think the impulse buy could be strong with this one. 
Um, just on just the, make sure just, you put Norman Reedus on the box. He is on the box. Just yeah, yeah. just on the on the back of seeing Norman Reedus's face on something. Yeah, like you know, oh that Walking Dead guy. Let's get I think this. some Walking Dead fans will probably buy oh, it because sure. there are psycho Walking Dead. Fans. And I don't know sh- why. But. There's a lot of walking in it. So, uh, and maybe you're dead. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's true. Uh, so you do you think there's any way that this would be a detriment to Sony? Um, not an appreciable one, I wouldn't think. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, I would like it if Sony put more stuff on PC, frankly. Yeah, I, I would like it if Sony put all this stuff on PC. Yeah. Like, I don't care about any of that crap. Like, I don't care about Nintendo games staying on Nintendo platform. I don't care. Like, I, I mean, want... I understand why they don't, but like... Yeah, of course, from a business perspective. Even but... if they did it, like, later. I mean, I can see if, like, if it's, like, an IP that they own internally. If it, like, I, I can understand why you'd, if maybe you don't want a God of War PC, uh, or if you don't want, like, you know... Why not now, though? I mean, but like, well, now it's been out for a couple well, years. Well, because they want you to identify God of War with the PlayStation brand. But something like Bloodborne, that really isn't an iconic Sony Mascot franchise, driven. like, yeah. g- I'll give it a couple years and then you can do a PC version through another yeah, publisher. There's no reason like, Bloodborne isn't on PC. Yeah, like that, no that, that would make a lot of sense to me, It frankly. makes too much sense. Like, you know how many people are still buying Bloodborne on PS4? Probably That's not gotta very be many. pretty much pretty much done, it's right? It's done, yeah. So put a PC version out, yeah. a ton, especially when it makes sense for that kind of prop. I mean, almost everyone who likes Dark Souls would buy a PC version of Bloodborne, oh, even yeah. if they already own it on PS4. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that crowd would totally you you're, that you just dump revenue on you. And nobody knows what the lead character of Bloodborne looks like. We right. do, but the average Joe does it. You're not hurting your first party brands by putting that on PC. Right. Like you're never gonna like want to seriously associate Bloodborne as a PlayStation only franchise. Yeah. Moving forward with like future stuff, like, especially considering they didn't even want to fund a sequel. Right. So, but you know, so I understand like you don't want to do like a PC version of Uncharted or God of War or something like that. Those but, like, iconic games. But those like side, I mean, hell, a PC version of Days Gone. That's a wouldn't good necessarily idea too. be a bad idea just to like, get more that, people, more eyes on it. Yeah. No, that guy's never going to be a mascot for PlayStation. No, I don't. <laughs> it's I, not probably happening. not. <laughs> so they I mean, he w- if they make another PlayStation All Stars like Smash Brothers thing, he will probably be in it. Well, because he has to be against his will. Yeah, because he has he'll to just, fill he'll out just the roster beat with people something. to death with a freaking gas can. Because that's the only thing I remember about that <laughs> with game. With that awkward <laughs> animation yeah. too. Make sure they get it like frame for frame into the fighting game. And, th- and then he'll do that weird. <sighs> yeah, I'm, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do that. All right. It's like, it's like oh, every time. Like, that was the, the delivery. I mean, I know, like, it's he's supposed to be sort of crazy, but, like, yeah, I got tired of the delivery after, like, hour 30. Yep. Uh, wow, you made it that far before you got tired. I of got it. pretty far into that game, and I after a while, a lot I just, too. Yeah. But I got tired of him way before then. I tired of him, but my, I mean, look, as uh, uh, once Boozer was no longer a focal point, I was much happier, but they're just at a point where I, like, I would finish a mission and I get back and I turn in the mission and I go back and I get whatever the next thing I had to do was. But I just would look at the bike and I'm just like, I'm going to get on that. And I'm going to have to go like on one and a half kilometers. I'm going to have to stop at least once and refill the freaking gas tank because everything gets like five feet to the gallon here. Yeah. And I've just, I've done that so many times. I don't want to do that I'm again. Tired of it. Like yeah. if I could just ride straight to where I needed to go and get to the next bit of story, I probably would. But like the fact that I knew it was going to turn into a thing where I had to stop, get the gas tank. Hope maybe, you don't get attacked. Hope you don't get attacked by a bunch of dudes and some zombies. And, I'm, and that turns into like a 10 minute thing. And then and I end up go, like having to throw the can to run away. Yeah. It <laughs> just got tired of it. It was just too much rigor Uh So anyway, 
Death Stranding coming to PC summer 2020. I think both of us agree that it shouldn't impact anything on the PlayStation side. Not not huge. Yeah. I mean, not you know, it's, it's a different audiences for the most part, and at most like you're probably going to get double dippers from the Kojima the Kojima faithful. And there's a lot of assuming people out there. everyone doesn't hate it. I mean, I think I there's a lot of people out there that are like, now I don't have to buy a PlayStation console. I yeah, can play it on my PC. That's true too. Because I think a lot of people Kojima was don't an, necessarily want to play this on day one. I think a lot of people will be okay just checking it out, like, whenever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think a lot, if you care about it, I think you do, because you don't want spoilers. I assume the, the batshit... Uh, the spoilers in this are going to be insane, The batshit weirdness that is We'll have is to be inherent. careful when we talk about it on the show, for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm just hoping I can stomach playing it long enough to have spoilers <laughs> to not talk about. Because, like, I, I'm, I really can't emphasize how much I am not looking forward to this game. Yeah. But I don't know. It might surprise me. Like I, I like weird, esoteric, crazy bullshit. So like, you know, it's right up your alley. Maybe it's the maybe it's my kind of boring, like No Man's <laughs> Sky was. <laughs> That's true. I That's don't a know. Good point. Yeah. Well, you're gonna give it a go though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to. It's gonna be it's, one of those seminal big. games of the generation that. Well, no. One way or another, people are gonna be talking about for a while. It's gonna be like the the only thing worth talking about in Q4, really. <laughs> but like, because it's one way or the other, whichever it is. But, yeah. Like, Seminal game of the generation. I don't know about that, but uh, I think it's going to be in discussion for a long time, either for better or for worse. I think it's going to be talked about for a month, and then people will forget about it. Interesting. I, 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 unless if it's that's something the case, very Koji- different. Would be, if that were the case, they would be Kojima's worst game, because that's never happened with a Kojima game. I still talk about Boktai. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think I mean, about Boktai it, Boktai is just sort of a weird concept, right? Though. But he, his games always have that stuff that makes you talk about them for. A long time afterwards. Well, yeah, but the only thing we talk about is the fact that you could hold it into the sunlight, you know, and the fact that you st- sat in that stupid press event where they did the whole Boktai thing. Yeah, Tayo! Yeah, Tayo! <laughs> yeah, it's like, that was the whole thing. I mean, that's, I remember that. I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about the actual game. I don't remember yeah. the game at all. GX Gear is saying Konami was right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if Konami was right, but Konami had a point. Yeah, it's making more money than it ever has. The man has. spent a lot of time and money on shit that did not sell well enough to justify that time and money. He also just recently did an interview where he looked back on his time at Konami and did not rail him. He no, was he was like, basically like, yeah, I get it. Without them. No, he said, like, without them, I wouldn't be where I am yeah. now. They employed me for 20 years, gave me a chance to make a crazy game, and, like, he was basically gushing. Maybe he's trying to go back. <laughs> yeah, maybe he doesn't like like being on his own. I don't know. He got he had a blank check from Sony. That's hard to hate. Yeah, but like some people, some people, it's really nice to have that infrastructure behind you and not have to worry about the business part of yeah. things. And, and we like, don't know what's going on behind the scenes either. I mean, Sony could have already been coming to him, being like, "Bro, this project's flying off the rails. Like, this not mm-hmm. tracking well. Like, there I mean, are I give, no, there are no pre-orders." I mean, I give Sony credit for. Yeah, he got that game out in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, somehow like, when they didn't have over, he didn't have a crazy overlord over him. He got the game done in a like an understandable amount of time. Yeah, which is like a first for him anyway. Well, also like I feel like you don't talk back to Sony on. It's like uh, we'll give you all this money to do this, but we need it by this. Yeah, and we are not, you know, we are not uh, Konami. We are not relying relying on you to be our one source of like high profile game. Yeah, we releases. don't need you. Yeah, you need us. Right. <laughs> That's really what it is. That's a big difference. I mean, I feel like I feel like when the and when even Konami eventually came to the decision of you know what we don't need you yeah, anymore. I feel like when the deal was struck, Sony must have made it very clear who was in charge. Yeah, this isn't happening the same way it did over. It's like there. yeah, we, we'll play this as a prestige product product in like the marketing and the and the press, 
but like we need results. Yeah. Sony needs results. We'll see. It won't be long. Just a few days, you'll start seeing the first reviews trickling in. All right, yeah. let's let's move on. We're going to talk next about something we mentioned offhand last week when we were just talking about Blizzard and BlizzCon coming up. Uh, we said, hey, maybe we get to see Overwatch 2 at BlizzCon this week. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, ESPN reported that, in fact, it has sources that are confirming that Overwatch 2 will be shown on Friday. Not only... Did it say that it's going to be shown on Friday? It had a plethora of details on the sequel. Some, I believe, more than others. <clears throat> Here's the Crib Notes version. New logo, duh. New game modes, new maps, new heroes, and PvE features. There will be a four-player story experience set in Rio de Janeiro. And there will be the a first new mode announced in, like, forever called Push. And that's set on a new map in Toronto. And there will be one brand new hero unveiled. And that, to me, was the red flag. How do you announce a sequel to Overwatch and only have one new character to show? Um, I think that, uh, well, you, A, you can do it as a slow drip because uh, clearly it's not coming out next week or anything. Yeah. But because um, that's kind of the the bread and butter of Overwatch is the slow info drip of characters and was this coming out? We're going to do some ARG stuff. And blah, 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 blah. But it, I think it might, you know, we call it Overwatch 2. I think it might just be an add-on. Like, like it might just That's be what like, I'm thinking like an, too. Up, like an upgrade. It sounds like it's a download. Yeah. But it has a new logo and... Well, you can you can do that. I mean, just now you have Overwatch 2. Yeah. You know, maybe Overwatch 2 become, you know, the, a multiplayer changes, all that, and the mode gets added, and the screen, the, your title screen changes, but you don't pay anything extra. But if you want that four-player four, four co-op mode, if you want the new hero, if you want those that kind of thing, you got to pay for the Overwatch 2 upgrade or whatever. And do you think that... You don't even know if it's going to be called Overwatch 2. It might not be called Overwatch 2. It might be Overwatch colon subtitle or something. No, it is Overwatch 2. Is what they saying? ESPN has the logo. And Hmm. it's the Overwatch logo with a little tab on the side with a 2 in it. So Half-Life 2, basically. Yeah, basically ESPN got a marketing document somehow. And so it had all this stuff on it that kind of spilled the beans. Well, I could definitely see it being... Because you you don't want to alienate your your existing... You know, users. So, like, I could see them sort of making it just sort of an update that you get. You know, sort of the way um, the way StarCraft Two developed. No, you know? I I think you're a thousand percent right, Matt. Because I'm looking at this information and I'm like, how the hell is that a sequel? Right. Like, right. really? One new mode? Like PVE? A four player? Co- that's not a sequel. That's that's an expansion pack. Mm-hmm. And so I I agree with you a thousand percent. Like, I don't think that this is really like. What we typically look at is a video mm-hmm. game sequel. I mean, this could be like more like I don't know, Overwatch. It's more like Overwatch version two point oh, yeah, yeah like, a, two. like a like chapter two, right? Like we're not to like I mean, Fortnite did that, so I guess we wouldn't. We well, wouldn't. They might. I mean, it, it could I mean, become the nomenclature that all other games as a service, like the online the game as a service moving forward becomes the next chapters. Or, yeah, right. that's possible. But I think that's what we're looking at here. Yeah, more me than too, a, man. A standalone product. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be filled with all the same characters that we're Especially used to playing you, as. You have all these people that already play Overwatch and are already you know plugged into Overwatch League and all that. Like, you don't want to have to sell them a whole new game all over again with a new install and a new everything. Just you know, just send it through the client. Send it, send it through. Now you're in this environment. Hey, give us money. Yeah. Like, it's been working for three years. Why don't work? Why not? Yeah, work I mean, again? it also makes you know just the amount of time that it's been since it launched, like you said, just a couple mm-hmm. years, and all the 
continual updates that Blizzard has been doing to the... Where does it have time to develop a full sequel? Yeah, I mean, we're coming up in, what, four years? Has it been? I thought it was, like, like April 2016. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're you're right. We're about to hit our four-year anniversary for it. Yeah. So it'll graduate from high school <laughs> and uh, become Overwatch the college years. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you think that this will invigorate the game? Your girl's a big Overwatch yeah. player. Is she excited about it? Sort of. Like, she's, like, kind of, we'll see about it. I think she's a little... She's cooling off on the Overwatch League stuff oh, a little she bit. she is. I think because... Uh, it's been four years. Well, no, it's more that it's more that the meta ruined it this year. There's a whole thing. You know, you, know, you can see, like, they impl- implemented that 2-2-2 thing. Yeah. Uh, so the reason that came about was because there was... Um, I can't remember what the name of the strategy was. But it was basically you had three tanks and three supports. And basically, it, it the way that worked out was it was an unbeatable team. Oh. And... Um, Every team used it, and it was Same comp. it was functional, but it was goats. That's what. Thank you, GX Gear. It's called goats, and uh, she just explained this to me like the other day. And um, basically, it was it's effective and it's very intricate how it works, but it's boring to watch. Uh, it's it's like watching really technical, you know, fighting for every yard football kind of thing. It were like. I don't know. It's a good sports metaphor for it, but no, it's I like, mean that sounds like a pretty good one. It's just like you know, you can like it's like how they say like you know the Super Bowl was boring because it was all defense, right? It was all good defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like that sort of. Yeah. it's the equivalent yeah, I, of that. I got it. I got your nail. And like, um, just nobody cared about watching it, and like, but you couldn't switch off of it because it was such a dominant strategy. Right. That the meta basically it's like, well, I'm not going to lose to entertain you. Right. The meta basically broke the entertainment value of the of the esport. Yeah. And that's why they implemented two two two, so you couldn't do three and three anymore. Oh, I see. Um, but then there's com- you know complaints about that, but it's basically like you'd already kind of lost the hype, and so there's the your the season sort of. I mean, the Overwatch finals are this week or next week. This weekend, does anyone has you heard about that? No I mean, one, I was aware of it, but well, aware of it, but it's like there's no hype right now. No. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically it's, uh, they had a lot of trouble with that this, this year. And so it wouldn't shock me if Blizzard's solution to this is basically clearing the deck and going episode two, chapter two, like, you know, really wiping the slate clean. Yeah. Like we'll start over. We'll do a whole new overwatch league sort of thing. Like we'll, we'll try to try to revamp it and stuff. I don't know how much, much money they're willing to pour into that. I mean, certainly they, they're probably going to pull back on like the international aspect they've done, you know, cause they were having the teams play in the, the actual cities this time. Cause for the first couple of years they just did, um, they, they were all based in Burbank. But they were all from different yeah, places. Yeah, they just went to Blizzard Studio. But then they changed it so, like, you're actually playing in each city, but that's a more expensive proposition, so I wouldn't surprise me to see them scale that back. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's wise to try to keep people in the environment rather than trying to get them to buy another $50, $60 game. Uh, yeah, I mean... That's basically the same thing. I mean, this does like, look like it's going to have more solo elements. Yeah, I mean, P- the PvE stuff that they've done as special events have been well-received. Like, mo- it's mostly, like, flashbacks to the uh, the robot uprising that, like, forms the backstory of the game. Rio de Janeiro, I believe, is where that happens, so this might be, you know, basically telling the story of the old Overwatch team's role in that. Or... It's, just, it's crazy, because if you remember when Overwatch was first announced, that debut trailer was, like, it's kind of like what we're seeing now. It was mm-hmm. one of Blizzard's crazy cinematics. And you could see it had so much lore behind it and so much canon 
But the game itself, like, never really addressed any of that. Mostly it was just from trailers that it released, oh, yeah. not in-game. Like very. I mean, some of the PvE events and some of the, the characters' lines that you that they say... Like gave give a little tidbits of that, but it's it's. I mean, it was basically a giant scavenger hunt. Yeah. That, but but I mean, the the fan base loved it. Like it, it wasn't. It's that's not an interesting way to do it to me. Like I'm, I'd rather play a, a campaign or a, a story driven thing that something tells a little me more story. overt. Yeah. But like uh, overt watch. That's what we're <laughs> after. Um. But I mean, that was the thing that just kept the community going and guessing and and researching and paying close attention. And it was really it was really effective for a while. And now you know, I guess they're finally deciding to give them what they want in a bigger chunk. Um. What are you predicting yeah. for Friday? I man, I think we'll see this, and I think, you think we'll full see. price sequel. In no, retail? I, I think it'll be like a thirty forty dollar upgrade overall okay. thing. Uh, we'll we'll see that. I think we'll see Diablo four. I think we'll see uh, that Diablo two re- remaster. I hope we do because that's the only thing <laughs> that I care about at this point because I like Diablo two more than those other two games. And uh, maybe we'll see that stupid Diablo mobile game again. Diablo Immortal. Yeah, um, and maybe we'll, we'll see. definitely see it again. I'll tell you. The, I'll response. tell you the main thing we're going to see is we're going to see a protest outside the Anaheim <laughs> Convention Center <laughs> yep. to free Hong Kong. Yep. So anyway, uh, BlizzCon starts Friday and is going down all weekend. We will have every, as always, with every event, we will have everything curated on Sifted as soon as it breaks. Uh, with most of this stuff, it'll be pinned to the top of everyone's Sift, so you won't be able to miss it. But again, it kicks off Friday and then runs all weekend. Mm-hmm. It's usually done by end of day Saturday, though. Yeah, like the big announcement. Sunday is just like the hang day and play games yeah. day. So Friday and Saturday is when the big news will break. You'll have your Hearthstone add-on. New card. You'll, you'll have your... Yeah. Um, probably nothing StarCraft, I don't think. There's been no leaks kind of do. A little bit, but... You think we'll get a new WoW expansion? Or are they... They'll no, definitely they, talk about WoW. Are they just going to ride the classic thing? Or they give an expansion to the classic? That's what I was... <laughs> honestly, that's what I was thinking. Like, they may expand vanilla WoW. In a totally different direction or like Burning Crusade? Like, yeah, like the same direction, I think. Yeah. Because people just want more of what is there already. Yeah. And it's then, so weird. And then eventually they'll have to do WoW Classic Classic. Right. Because <laughs> WoW Classic will evolve we'll into evolve something else. Evolve too far. And then like... <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, they're going beyond like Coca Cola with this one. Yes, they, like, they can't have they can't go classic classic. Wow, Coke. zero. <laughs> they never did name anything like new Wow or anything like Coke no. did. Well, Wow Classic or Wow, what was the latest one? I can't remember the name of the latest expansion. I don't know. Anyway, I don't care anymore. I don't either. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> played that game since Cataclysm. Oh wow, that was the second big expansion. No, it was like the third or fourth. Third? It was fourth, I think, because it was. Yeah, it was third. Third? It was Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King. Oh, right. How did I forget um, Wrath of the Lich King? Uh, and then, yeah, I think it was was it Cataclysm and then the Panda one. Miss or was that the Panda? And then Miss of Pandaria. And then, then you'll lose me yeah. after that. <laughs> Lost us both. Sorry. That's it. Again, on Friday, Saturday, you'll see all the stuff from BlizzCon up on Sifted.net. Let's move on. To our last topic from episode 188. You guys knew it was coming. Big release from last Friday. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, We've talked about the parts of this game several times. So I talked, I played the beta and I talked about the multiplayer. Um, So we've kind of gone over all that stuff a lot. Uh, I will talk briefly about the multiplayer after Matt and I discuss the campaign. 
just to kind of let you know if any mm. tweaks have been made since I talked about it last. I did play a little bit of the multiplayer. Did you? Yeah. Wow. To see. I wish I could have caught you in there in a game. Well, I was on Xbox. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. No, it's cross-platform though. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You can see when you when you're in a queue, you can see everyone's little icon. Mm. I don't think I would have been matched with you skill-wise. Maybe not. It, it didn't. It didn't go tremendously well. Yeah. It, it honestly. Also, it didn't play like what I remembered Call of Duty playing like. What do you mean? It just it felt chunkier. It felt slower to it me. It is slower. Yeah. Um, did you play like, Ground War? I did. I played. Okay. I played some Ground War. And I played We're going to talk about that. I played some end. quick play. Okay. I did not play the co-op. Stuff. I did not play spec the ops. spec ops thing. Also, like the spec ops, like, you have to download them in like chunks. That, so this is somebody. Someone like, reached out to me about this on Twitter. Sent me a DM. They're like, Shane, why did I buy Call of Duty and I have like six different downloads? Yeah. So there's a separate download for the campaign. There's one two for, two for the campaign. One for spec ops. One for two. multiplayer. Here's the thing. There's two for spec ops. But when I downloaded them for like you know the pre order whatever, and I wasn't even pre order. I I got it the day after it came out. Um, it was two. It was the main download. It was two uh, modules for the campaign, and it was one module for multiplayer and one module for Spec Ops. And then when I went to try Spec Ops just to see what was in Spec Ops, it said you you don't have all of the. So, and I downloaded a second <laughs> Spec Ops uh, pack that was not there when I went before. I'm like, did that thing come in that hot, or did just something just get glitched? I don't know. Yeah. Very weird. Because like. The the initial install, like the main install, still like forty some yeah. gigs. It's not like it's not like they're breaking it up so you have like more. Well, Black Ops Four is already freedom. like hundred and eight gigs at this point. Like all the Call of Duties end up becoming huge yeah. files when it's all said and done. So anyway, you're right. Like yeah, and not, it's interesting that that is also on Xbox. Yes, it's also okay. on Xbox. Because yeah, my my experience was on PS4 Pro. So yes, you have to down if you buy the digital version of this game. <clears throat> you have to download it in all these little like chunks. six chunks. Why basically. do you think that is? I have no idea. Do you think it's because there's different progression systems and stuff for each one? Maybe. I, I mean, it, it feels like it would be like, you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe they intend to carry this thing forward to the next-gen consoles because the next-gen consoles can install those things separately. They're just pars- They're just basically partitioning the data out in preparation for yeah, that. Yeah, it's like they've been like each part of the game is is its own. Living it feels thing. like you should be able to choose which mode gets installed first or second or whatever, but you can't. Yeah. But it. But maybe that's just like maybe that's there as in preparation for a it year from now. It could be. If the PlayStation Five does that, the Xbox might do that too. It's true. Let's talk about the campaign. It is the one thing that we have not spoken about here on Game Face at all because because we weren't, couldn't play it. Right. So coming into the game being released, there had been some press previews of the campaign, and some writers in the industry had expressed outrage and dismay at some of the content in the campaign. Um, Matt, you are pretty close to the end of the campaign. Yeah. I have, like, three missions left. Okay, I finished it. I've played it to the end. Um, Now that you've played the game, how do you feel about some of those reports that were coming out? I don't really know what they're talking about. I don't, um, e- I don't It either. didn't feel any more violent or terrible than anything else I've seen in Call of Duty campaigns. I- I'll um, say this it- right out of the gate. To me, No Russian was way worse than anything in this game. Well, and I know you said it didn't bother you. No yeah. Russian did bother me, and there was nothing in this game that bothered me like No Russian. No, nothing in this game. I mean, uh, the only thing that maybe like made me go, oh, was like there's was, there was a, there a gas attack at one point, and you see some dogs, like, basically dying on the ground from the gas and like that's sad but like that's just because i like animals better than people um <laughs> i don't think you're alone on that but one, like buddy. um 
I, I was I was I was more sad that the dogs and the chickens were dying from the gas. Well, attack. there's also a shot that you because they didn't do anything. I, I think you're right. I think ultimately the outrage over this isn't going to be about the stuff that some of those writers were complaining about. It's the the dogs. So yeah. there's another scene a little a little bit after where you are right now, where I do think that people are going to freak out about it, and it's related to a dog and not a human mm-hmm. being. The thing that like. I mean, the real thing, and they didn't get in. I don't think this is what the complaints or the the comments were about with the the press earlier. A lot of what happens in this game is real, like based on real events. They just took stuff that happened in the headlines. But like, that's the thing that I think is weird is like so much of this stuff is like based on real things that mostly happen in Iraq, but a lot of it. Or Pakistan, somewhat, but most of it's Iraq, and like it's 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 actually tied in with with our allyship with the Kurds to some degree from back then. The thing is that there's a bunch of stuff, including like the Highway of Death backstory they talk about, which is actual war crimes perpetrated by the U.S. military that are in this game said to have been done by the Russians. Yeah, they now, make because, the Russia looks really yeah, bad. Yeah, I this mean, game. I mean, I don't care about making Russia look bad. I don't bad, either. But the idea that you take these real life things that we've done and then make them one of the bases for why we don't like the Russians in this game is a little weird. Um especially cuz like the and, and I know I recognize a lot of it as like kind of disguised under fiction. The Highway of Death is actually the name of that called. place yeah. in Iraq and just using that without changing the name is weird to me. Um I mean, it isn't a fictional country. Like, Uzbekistan is not a real place. Yeah. Uh, but it's a pretty thin disguise. Yeah. And so that would be the thing that made me go, like, oh, that's weird that you used a real life. It, it's it, not just that. It's a, it's a real life, like, even if you don't consider it a war crime, it's a very bad thing that was done there. And, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's supposed to be commentary or if it's some kind of, like, Meta thing, but the weird the weirdness of taking a real life event and blaming it on a different country that's a real country instead of the country that did it, even if it takes place that's in a fictional bizarre. location, is a strange choice narratively. But this game is almost like if you're gonna go entirely, fictional, just go fictional. Yeah, yeah. This game is based almost entirely on real world events. Yeah, it's very, very much so. Uh, and right down, you know, like I, I guess one of the things they were talking about was like one of the edgy things was the child soldier part. Yeah, like the, where you have to play as a it's a flashback where you play as that girl as a, as a young girl and so Farah Farah is the leader of the these, Middle Eastern these re- girl there resistance. great character by the way very good like the characters in this are much better oh, yeah. drawn than any any oh, previous yeah. Call of Duty I, I mean, actually cared I mean, about Infin- the people in this game I mean I cared about the people in Infinite Warfare like, yeah. like Infinity War seems a little better at that than Treyarch no I'd agree with that um, yeah but like I didn't find that level I mean that is the level with the gas attack but I, it did, I didn't find it horrific in the sense that like oh my god how dare you put this in a game because it's a thing that actually happens it's not just and it's not done as like oh isn't this bad that's one of the things i don't get about the criticisms of call of duty and i'm speaking to someone who's not even much of a call of duty fan i don't get the thing where people say they're like jingoistic military recruitment tools because every Call of Duty campaign I've ever played makes combat seem like the most horrific thing you could ever be. I, I, I don't. It's an accurate like, depiction. Yeah, I don't. I've never. <laughs> it's felt, awful. I've never felt like Call of Duty is glorifying war no. outside of the fact that, like, okay, you're playing a shooting game and that's supposed to be fun. Um, in fact, that's part of my issue with this game's campaign is like, I don't think playing this stuff is fun. Really, like they they are they are going so much for verisimilitude 
that I feel like you lose sort of the the scope and and shooting gallery fun elements that the older games had. Well, this campaign in particular, there isn't that much shooting in it. No, it's 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 and it's that's more that is more realistic in a way. It's it's about skirmishes that break out with no warning and you're at this, this disadvantage or you have to create this disadvantage for them or whatever. And like there you know, there's moments, I mean, I will say this. It's Gorgeous! Oh my god! Like visually and audio and and sound wise, it's the best. It's the best the series has ever been. It's the best looking console shooter I've ever played. It's astoundingly good looking. It's unreal. Like there were times where I literally had to blink my eyes to be like, that looks like FMV. Yeah, and sometimes like when you put the night vision goggles on, like it could be a photo. Oh, absolutely! Like it's crazy, especially because one of the things that really sells it now is that uh, characters' clothing blows and moves independent yeah. of their body which yep. is such a good visual sell um but like because and i and i don't know if, if you felt like this on a tv that didn't do it but my tv does the hdr hdr thing and like when it's supposed to be dark you can't see who's shooting at you like yeah. and that's a <clears throat> that would actually believable. be a criticism of mine well that's though. a believable but also be not fun to play i was squinting my like i have to play at all times of day and night a lot of times to get like gameplay in to do this show mm-hmm. and i had to play some of this during the day and i had put i set my tv up to like daytime no, you're right. bright light no, you're and right. i could not see anything no, even on hdr i had to wait until the sun because if, if i try to play it i try to play it uh, in the morning and the sun is just at a certain point coming through the my my back patio doors and i couldn't i had to switch back to outer worlds because i couldn't see anything it is a really really dark game it's a game of contrasts. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and Matt was talking earlier. But about, there's like a section where, like, you're, you know, you, you know these guys are coming at you, and this where you are, and you have to set off flares to see, see them in the, the field. Yeah, the sniping level. Yeah, like yeah. it's there's some really cool stuff they do with it. But like, is it fun? So mm. well, let, let's let's go back to some of the cultural stuff first. So because this was a big story. Like there were people who wrote diatribes about how this should be an AO game and how can you show Yeah, I don't understand. That was all a bunch of phooey. Unless it's they like, unless you... they drastically toned it down between then and I now. I don't think so. I but don't... I don't see the violence in this doesn't seem any more graphic than any other Call of Duty. To it's me. reality. So there's one level, it's Benghazi. It's an embassy that gets overrun by militants and they're after mm-hmm. an ambassador, the ambassador dies. There is the raid on Osama bin Laden to kill bin Laden. Now, you don't kill bin Laden. You kill somebody else when you get to the top floor. But it is exactly like them killing Osama bin Laden based upon the media that they've released of that so far. You land in the heli. You barge into the complex. There's a lot of zero dark 25. Yeah. That kind of thing. I mean, there's like six. And I don't want to spoil everything. But there are literally like six or seven instances of segments of this game that were literally pulled directly from the headlines. And to me, it's like, I don't know, I kept, I felt like after I read some of those articles, I kept waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. that scene wasn't it. Like, where is the moment that's so appalling and offensive and irresponsible on the part of Activision? I mean, I guess like, like, because the game starts with a mass shooting in Piccadilly Square in London. What's well, a suicide bomber suicide that bombing, ends But into... then, like, a bunch of guys come right. out and just start mowing down yeah. civilians. And, like, I mean, you are shooting at these guys. You can shoot the civilians by accident if you're not careful. I you mean, fail, though. It's yeah, you, you do fail. Um, and then, like, so that can happen, I guess. Look at this destruction. Yeah, the destruction's great. Look at this. I shot a hole through the door so I could kill somebody. Yep. And then, uh, That's freaking cool, And they can man. do it to you, too. It, yeah. And then... 
And then there's like the early on there's the where you go through the the building and like you're shooting people that are terrorists but they're dressed like normal people so it kind of feels like you're shooting civilians. Yeah. But if you don't shoot they grab a machine gun and try to kill you so right. it's not like yeah. Honestly, the most I don't even know if you've you've probably got there already, but the, I think the part that offended me the or that bothered me the most was the parts where you're basically walking among ISIS. Yeah, where did you do the part? Yeah, where oh, you have to pick up the cinder blocks and everything, and you're basically oh yeah in ISIS where you're, and, like, you have to pretend to to get through the yeah. town. Yeah, and like to see that's very early. On. It is early. Yeah, to see ISIS doing what it does. Like in real time, like that, that was disturbing because, yeah. like, around every corner, there was somebody being executed, or a mom being torn from her kids, or people being strung up and hung from like a forklift. Like, you could just, it's seeing like modern technology that ISIS has access to with prehistoric. There it is. Wow. You pulled it right up, Jared. Great job. It's seeing modern technology juxtaposed with these cavemen-like activities that was the most offsetting or upsetting to me and what affected me the most. Like, the other stuff that was based on things that have really happened in real in the real world, it's like, I've been desensitized to them because they happen. It's like, you don't... We never really got peeks behind, like, what ISIS was like to be around them on a day-to-day basis, and I feel like this game did a pretty compelling job of kind of imparting that on the player. But as far as, like, the outrage of how could they release something like this, like, it's morally repugnant. Like, I think at the end of the day, what the average person is going to be upset about more than anything is, like you said, the dogs getting killed. Mm -hmm. There are scenes, there are two scenes where animals are basically just executed. And I would imagine that that's going to ruffle people's feathers way more than the stuff that these editorials, like, went on and on about. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know what they were talking about. Like, I was waiting for it to be more violent or, like, to shoot a guy and see his guts spill out. Or like... I didn't think it was going to be stuff like that necessarily. But I thought it was going to be more, like, with just children getting in, put into the mix of violence. Like like you said, there's one yeah. section where you play as... I mean, it is, but it's like, I don't know what's offensive about that. You know, like, it's not like it's treated like a slam bang fun it's not like it's treated like an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie or anything it's like it's not it's treated as a bad thing it's treated as like a horrible thing that this has to happen um, and there's so many shades of gray in this game it's like you but said but it's a life or death situation I mean that's that's. I mean I, that doesn't you, bother me this game makes you wonder who the bad guys are because one of the things that really yeah. shocked me about this game knowing that it's been in development for three or four years was the Kurds they're not called the Kurds in this game. No, there's, they're, this is, it's not in Iraq. But they, <laughs> they nail it. Like, yeah, it's there's pretty much a, the same situation. It's the same situation where you have allies who have helped us as the United States stop terrorism, stop ISIS, and then you turn your backs on them. That's what happens in this game. There's a moment where an ally that you have and has helped you fight through these insane fights where literally, like, anybody could have died at any time put their lives on the line for America and all of a sudden you're in a briefing and your 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 CEO comes to you and says, "Oh yeah, you know that person that saved your life like 50 times, they're the enemy now." Mm-hmm. And you need to turn your back on them and you're not fighting with them anymore. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean I give them credit. It li- that makes it live up to its title. It's crazy that's modern warfare. that they nailed that and it, that stuff just happened like 3 weeks ago where we pulled out of Syria. Yeah, but it's also not by far not the first time that's happened. It's just how it's how allegiances work. I mean, look, uh, we trained Bin Laden. I mean, that's what Rambo 3 is about. Rambo 3, he's fighting with Al-Qaeda. 
It, okay, in uh, which is also in this game under a very thinly disguised yeah. name. Um, but like, we watch the current like, DVDs of Rambo Three. It starts with a, a disclaimer at the beginning because in Rambo Three he goes to Afghanistan and helps the force that would eventually become Al, Al- Qaeda against the Russians when they're invading uh, Afghanistan. Like I mean, that, that was the premise of Rambo Three. Well, I mean, like, that's, because the CIA was training them. No, America did that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but so that we, happens all the time. Suddenly, now they're the bad guy. Well, Russia was like, the bigger enemy at right. that point. Yeah, and that's pretty much the premise here too. Is Russia something's up with Russia? Russia's doing weird stuff. Russia looks really bad in this game. They it make does. Russia look really bad. And look, like you, I'm not a fan of Russia, but it. If if I were Russia, would you think they'll ban this game? Maybe I mean I, I think they will. I don't know. I mean they, 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 they catch do, wind of it. I mean they do make a, a kind of a cursory narrative push to to paint uh, the 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 commanding officers, the Russian commanding officers, as sort of rogue. Yeah. As being like kind of they're the reason this is bad. Russia's not doing this intentionally. And there's a lot of stuff where like this is happening or what's happening, and they're like, well, we can't do anything more like this, or that that means war with Russia. So like they're not trying to paint Russia as intentionally doing a lot of this it's more like the the bad apples are the commanders but i don't know if that's enough plausible deniability for you to get past you know you know whatever whatever group or whatever you know, organization decides what gets to come out in russia and i don't know if they actually have anything like that the way china does yeah I so I, I guess we we've said our oh, Juan, Juan solo says the russian psn won't sell it Ah, I'm not surprised Sony, by that Sony at won't all. sell it there. I'm not surprised. Yeah, that makes sense. Sony won't sell this game in Russia, Godzilla says. Yep. Yep. So uh, I think we've covered sort of the cultural angle from this. Let's talk about what it's actually like to play the campaign. It's short. I finished it in like four and a half, five hours. I still haven't finished it because I am so bored. I can, here's the thing. Like, it, it's gorgeous. It is, a, it is a technical. Look at that. Look at that night vision. I mean, it's That's insane. amazing. <laughs> But it is, it's just the same thing again. It is. And it's, the, you know, the thing that really bugs me is I feel like I spend so much time in these big, like, kind of firefight things trying to figure out which, where I'm supposed to stand. You know what I mean? Like, no, like if you yeah. stand in the wrong place, you're just going to get randomly you're shot dead. to death by, yeah. like, guys you can't even see or shoot. I've and I'm just like, where do you want me to go? Just tell me where you want me to go. Like, let me... It feels like playing an adventure game sometimes. Where I'm like, where's the safe location for me to be? And sometimes they do shit where, like, you know, it's a scripted thing where the guys are attacking or whatever, and suddenly your allies will, like, will like pull back, and then you won't hear them say to pull back, and you'll just be left alone. And, like, so it took me, like, three tries one time, and I finally realized that Captain Price, like, at a certain point runs the other way, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just supposed to follow him. I have said this about Call of Duty for ten years, that it is the king of... It wants you to go a very specific yes. way through the ride. If you stray off mm-hmm. of that rail that it wants you to go on, you have no chance. Yep. Like, you will die in this game over and over and over and over again, and then you'll die again. because. And then when you finally don't die, it's because you figure, oh, they want me to step five feet this way right. instead of standing or, where I am. Or, they, or then they'll put, like, a trip wire. Like, it's just... <laughs> I mean, I got further than I did in World War Call of Duty World War II. I'll give it that. Because it's interesting. The stuff that's happening is interesting yeah. and engrossing. But the game itself, the way it's designed, it's like... I would rather watch someone else play this. It is like... In all honesty. It's like dozens of 30-second moments just ch- chopped together and smashed together into one thing. Yeah. It's like... 
it feels like every 30 seconds is something that you have to overcome. And in a lot of cases, it's some stupid quirk. It's like, oh, there's a tripwire on the ground that you're never going to see the first time. You've got to die. you got to reload it. And then you walk slowly up to the tripwire and you restart it. Oh, you come around this corner. Oh, there's a tank there that just <laughs> kills you instantly. Oh, now it respawns. I don't go around that corner again because... It, again, everything is designed for the enemies to be fed at right. you, and you're supposed to be in that very specific spot. And if you're not, all hell breaks loose. Right. But you it's have like no chance. But it's like the old ones used to kind of be very specific about telling you to go to those places, and now because I guess because people complain that you're led by the nose in these. Oh, games, they got rid of the waypoint. Yeah, it's it, like the so only, you have to hit like the the, the, the pad the, for yeah, it to come up. Yeah. and you're right. It makes you end up going even if you go the wrong way for like thirty yards, you mm-hmm. die. Like, and it's like, dude, just show me where you want me to go. Yeah, like, there's all kinds of moments. This where, is an open world game. We're not like pretending yeah. this is anything. Just show me where to be. There's all kinds of moments where dude just burns in the door and blast you in the face with a shotgun yep. dead like there's it's, there's it's nothing to do with skill at all it's just like we're gonna die we're gonna make you die because i feel like if they didn't do this the campaign would literally be like 90 minutes long like yeah. if i were just able to play through this without all that other garbage it's not hard like it's um i can't understand the, the people have been heaping praise on this i don't get it i mean it's a technical it means visually and I mean, oh yeah presentationally it's astounding but oh, like yeah. It doesn't feel any different. I mean, it does kind of feel different, actually, in the sense that, like, it doesn't feel as snappy as it as it used to. I yeah, like, I don't like the multiplayer as much as, like, yeah. Black Ops. And so that's the other selling point. And I'd rather play, Bla- I'd rather play Black Ops I mean, 4 than I mean, I've played the you know, Modern Warfare 1 and 2. I probably played those games five or six times each. Yeah. And I don't see myself ever going through this because again. Because it's so just... I mean, look, it has a congruent story you also move in a real place slow. throughout. But it's like the gameplay... Yeah, you move really slow... Like you, you're. I am constantly clicking run because yeah. I don't think yeah, I'm running. I don't think I'm running. I'm like yeah. I'm not running. Click, click, click. Oh no, that's the run speed. Like, I don't know, man. I am. Uh, I've, you know, I played Call of Duty religiously for a really long time. I feel like I have a pretty good handle on all the dips and valleys that this franchise has gone through, and I, it, it just feels completely disjointed, and it feels old. In all honesty, it does. I mean, it, you it can just, and there's a reason why these campaigns have gone away because they don't really make sense anymore. The way that they're set up, there really aren't games like this anymore that are all completely linear, completely structured. There are choke points, just as a point to show you how I was saying it feels like 30 second experiences just all chopped and put together. There are checkpoints literally every 30 seconds. Yeah. You walk 20 feet and you get another checkpoint. And that's because in the prior room, there's an insta death. Where somebody just popped out of a cubby hole or jumped up from the floorboards and shot you in the face and killed you. And they know that if they had like 10 of those strung together where you're basically just memorizing, like where people would go nuts. So they just put the checkpoint in there. Like, mm-hmm. you would never. I can see through you, all this crap. Because you certainly would never see an, a mile high club no. in, this, in this game. No, there's no. Other than that one mission you talked about where you're using the sniper rifles and they're rolling across the field and you have to go back and physically fire off the flare to light up the enemy so you can see them to snipe them, there's no part of this game where you settle in. There's no big battles. Like There's no scene where you just see like... A hundred people rushing across the field. You're like, oh, this is on. This is going to take like 20 or 30 minutes to get. And that never happens. Everything, either you fail it or you finish it in like 90 seconds. Yeah, and there's no like, there's no moments. You know, like the old ones had like variety. Like 
you had the AC-130 level, or you had all gillied up, or you had... It like, has that stuff, but they last, they last like, like 30 they're, seconds. They're not, like, they, they don't let you sit in it. They don't design anything around it. It happens very quickly. The, the, that sniping level is, is a decent length. The only, it's a really the only time it felt like... An old, an old Call of yeah. Duty like ship, but like yeah, there's there's a couple points where you take control of like you know other vehicles and stuff, but it's like it's like that. It's over it's, in it, a heartbeat. It's not you like it's like, not like that AC one thirty level where you really get a feel on. on you got to get good at it. Good at it. This is like oh, I get my reticle somewhere close and boom, just done. unload. Yeah. yeah, it's like or you get like the little thing where you can call in airstrikes or something, but it, ha- it lasts for like three minutes, yeah. you know, and then they go away, and yeah. uh, it's just it. They they did it. the old games do a better job of balancing the variety and kind of keeping you oh this is different like you know you're not just running and gunning all over the place and like this this game seems to think that giving you night vision goggles every couple levels is changing it up enough and I just don't yeah. think it is and I hit a point where like I I, mean, I probably could have finished it yesterday but after I came back from dinner I was just, I sat down I'm like no nah, I'm I'm just gonna play the Outer Worlds I didn't want to yeah. play this anymore what we're getting at is if you would only consider buying Call of Duty for the single player do not do it no it is not worth it go and watch all. a collection of cutscenes on YouTube and be done with it there's mm-hmm. do not buy this spend sixty dollars on this just to play single player it's not worth it um, like I said we've talked about multiplayer a lot on the show I guess one thing I would say is Nothing's really changed. All the criticisms I had of multiplayer are the same. And some of the maps, when I talked earlier about a lot of the maps having choke points, some of the maps that were in the final game are even worse. Like, there is literally one map where it's just a city block, but in the in a diamond shape. And you have three ways to go. You can go center, you can go right, and you can go left. And if you're on a bad team, you literally just spawn and die. Spawn and die, because... They'll just set up snipers, and they'll just sit there and just camp the spawn points and just shoot you. There's nowhere to go. I mm-hmm. I don't like the multiplayer in this either, I'll be honest with you. Although, I, I will say, I was more than pleasantly surprised by Ground War. Holy crap, how did they build a multiplayer mode as good as Battlefield hmm. in one generation? How'd they do that? I don't know. It has everything. It has choppers. It has tanks. It has APCs. It has ATVs. It's it's Battlefield yeah. with Call of Duty. I was blown away by how good it was. And so I'll say this. If you're a Battlefield fan, but you've been like, you know what? This is a little too slow, a little too simmy for me, and you're looking for something a little snappier, a little more arcadey, it's great. Ground War is really, it's really good. I have definitely had a better time with that than with Quick Play. Um, which was just a that's when you're thrown to the wolves. Yeah, I mean the first. So the first match I played in quick play, there was we we my team lost ridiculously. And I was like, what's going on? There was this one guy uh, on the other team. His name was I think his name was Cue Ball. I think he went forty six and two. <laughs> And I was like, what is... I mean, he killed me like five times. There's, like, he was getting kill streaks just off me, you know? There, and I was like, what's yeah. going on? And finally it ends, and I realized, like, we it was 12 on 6. And I was like, what happened? Like, we, we lost... I mean, we started 12 on 12, and six of our people left halfway through. That happens all the time. And every single quick play match, I, I played like five or six. Every single one, by the end of the round, one of the teams had six players left. They started with 12 and 12, and one of the teams would lose half their players. And you want to know why that is? Because this game has a piling on mechanic, meaning that once you get rolling in this game, you just roll. Because, and I think a big part of that is getting rid of score streaks and focusing on kill streaks. Mm. Because if you have someone who's really good and can get a lot of kills, the kill streaks in this game, you can literally, like, 
completely like spawn wipe with one kill streak in this. And so you get the kill streak, you already have 16, then you just unload on the spawn point, you have 25. Like it it's this self-perpetuating cycle where good players just dominate. And like even when I was playing the beta, I had kind of got over the hump to where I was one of those players. Like I was getting to the point where I was finishing most matches with like 35 kills and like 12 deaths or whatever. And I could see it. Like I was using kill streaks that I had never used in my entire like I started like usually my max kill streak is an 11 kill streak. And I'll get that once every 5 games maybe. And so I just leave it there. That's where I set it. It's like if I can get that once out of every 5 games, I'm cool with that. Playing this beta towards the end before they they took it down, I started selecting like the 14 and the 15 kill streaks. I was like I'm hitting these like once every like 3 games or whatever. So there is definitely a momentum problem with the kill streaks and the other part of it too is that the kill streaks are so frequent that the screen is almost always shaking. That's true. Always. Yeah. And you're trying to aim and like your controller's shaking and the screen is shaking. It's like just let me shoot somebody. Like I don't like it. I do not like Call Great. of Duty Modern Warfare. I do not like it. <laughs> Sam I am. And it's become a shock to a lot of people because I generally love Call of Duty, but I now that I've played through all the maps that weren't in the beta, and I've played Ground War a little bit, like, you know, for my go-to shooter, it's going to be Black Ops. Like, I just enjoy it more. It's faster. It's snappier. I feel like it's more skill-based. I feel like you get rewarded for everything you do instead of just being good at killing people. Like, there's no reward for being a team no. player in this. None. No, I didn't. I, even I noticed that. And that sucks. It, it You're excluding. I mean, it's basically a haves and haves nots. So people who are really good, like Jack Frags, probably think this is the best Call of Duty ever because they dominate even more than they ever did before. I think people who are casual players are going to hate it more than probably any other Call of Duty. Uh, Spec Ops, interestingly, continues the campaign story. Um, hmm. And if, for those of you who don't remember, Spec Ops is a cooperative mode where you don't really get to choose your loadout. The game pr- says, okay, here's the situation. Yeah, here's they're basically like challenges. Yep, here's your loadout. Join up with somebody and try to accomplish them. And I, one thing I would say is that there's more players this time. I think the first Spec Ops was just two, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, so I, went, I went through all that with Abby on Modern yeah, Warfare 2. Yeah, I played with – I remember being at the review event with Abby uh, for that game. But um, so Spec Ops is what it is pretty much. Um, it, it, the extra players do add something. There are like five or six missions right now, um, and they will add new new ones as DLC as time goes on. Uh, I admittedly only played like three of the missions. I haven't played through all of them yet, but it's pretty much standard mm-hmm. standard issue for the mode from previous games. It does look like you unlock some multiplayer stuff by yep. playing those. Yeah, so there's some incentive to play as well. And again, it does extend the story, and I know you haven't made it to the end of the of the campaign yet. Uh, but there are a lot of open-ended questions at the uh, at the end of the campaign, and then they instantly say, "Go to Spec Ops to mm. learn blah blah blah." So they are taking a little bit of a different approach, which may give it little little bit more legs. But overall, I'm pretty disappointed in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, I know I'm an outlier. I know a lot of the all the gaming websites are saying it's like the best ever since the first one. I disagree with that. Yeah, so, certainly. I mean, I was a big fan of the original Modern Warfare, the first two. And no, this doesn't grab me the same way at all. Yeah. Uh, I would I would rather go back and just play Infinite Warfare again. Yep. And for me, it's Black Ops 4. So there you go. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. 
And uh, I think some people may be surprised to hear my impressions of it, but I'm just being honest. Just like I was honest when I gushed praise on him in the past. Um, I'm just telling you, with someone who has a lot of experience playing Call of Duty, and I'm not just the guy who plays it for eight days when it comes out every year. I play it all year. Like, I played Black Ops 4, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, I still play it. So um, take that for what it's worth. I'm just letting you know that that's how I feel about Mm it. Um, And with that... It's time for our trailer of the week. There are so many hot games coming out right now that it's easy for us to pluck out a trailer of the week for some hot new releases coming next. Last week, we did the launch trailer for The Outer Worlds. But instead... (laughs) I have more faith in this than you do in this game. Um, He he doesn't. Uh, So Need for Speed, the new Need for Speed, called Need for Speed Heat, comes out on November 8th, so it's still a little bit of ways away. It comes out so, the same so day. So if you as, don't want to play Death Stranding, yeah. you can play a mediocre racing game. <laughs> hey. And they put out the uh, the launch trailer for it already. Let's roll it. This is the playground. The one they think they control. But when we create, they can't look away. They have to see. So I say watch. This is me. Got my homies in the Jeep, bumping low, pretty flocking with the prayer hands. I said it once and I'ma say again. You roller coaster and niggas, man. I'm the closest to the greatest. That statement is daily debated. I'm slaughterhousing on the pavement. Tell Charlemagne that we just made it. You can't even catch on my cadence. It's just cause you faded. Street racing has no place on public roads. You are out there engaging in this type of activity. We will find you. There is no escape. <laughs> Look around. This is our escape. I don't know, man. I think that game has a chance to be decent. Yeah, I know the bar is so don't fall, low. Don't fall over yourself praising it. <laughs> decent, maybe. There you go. Well, Put I mean, the, slap that one on the box. The bar is pretty low at this point for this yeah, franchise. I'm, I'm, I mean, I like... Some of the Need for Speeds, I like car stuff. I like all that kind of thing. I like some of the older Need for Speeds a lot. I just get very irritated with the fact that of all EA's properties, no matter how badly Need for Speed bombs, it always gets another chance. Yeah. I'm just tired of the Teflon franchise at this point. I hear point. you. I hear you. I'm going to give this one a chance, though. We'll see. All right, let's get to some questions in the chat. What's up, Johnny Hurricane? Thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. You rock 13 months straight. That's awesome. J Reed Vic 7, thank you. 10 months straight. Um, okay, that's it for the end of the show. Let's get to the questions. Eth Demon wants to ask another Final Fantasy 14 question. You want to <laughs> answer it? Uh, maybe. What is it? Oh, okay, it's, it's, only, it's only tangentially uh, related. Uh, Eth Demon with Final Fantasy fourteen patch five point one brought the near cross Final Fantasy fourteen crossover raid and it fits perfectly. What two game properties do you think should do crossovers and why? Um hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. What would, what would be good? A lot of them I mean, have I've, been I done. Said, I said Devil May Cry and Bayonetta a while ago. That would be a cross crossover I'd be interested in. What about a um, Nintendo game that crossed over all of them? Not like Smash Brothers, like an action-adventure or whatever mm-hmm. that just used all of Nintendo's characters in one game. I mean, they kind of did that in Subspace Emissary. A little bit, yeah. I don't know. Um, 
And I'd have to, everything I keep thinking of is just a fighting game permutation. It's, just, it's not a, it's not a well, useful. Well, that's the easiest genre to mash stuff up with. Right. Is a fight. You can always just throw everybody into a fighting two game different and let characters, fight. Yeah, two characters can punch each other, and you don't yeah. really have a lot of. When you start thinking narratively, though, it gets right. a lot more difficult. Yeah. Like, I would, I would enjoy. Halo and Destiny. Yeah, Halo and Destiny. They already fit. Um, Imagine if Bungie did it, like some event where they you realize it's the right. same universe. I mean, Bungie loves doing that. All their games took place in the same universe until right. until this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Halo and Metroid. That's not bad either. Yeah. In fact, I think Metroid Prime Four just hired the guy who designed the Spartans as a as an art guy. Really? When are we gonna see that game? Somewhere alongside Elder Scrolls Six, <laughs> maybe. That's right. <laughs> I'm really starting to wonder. Good Switch Two launch <laughs> title. <laughs> Uh, Commander Fett 03, I'm glad you brought this up because it was a topic that almost made the show but didn't. Uh, what do you think of EA bringing their games back to Steam? Do you think they made the decision because of Epic Game Store? Um, I think they might have made it more because EA Access wasn't doing what they needed it to do. Yeah. Uh, I think it's good. I think good. it's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good I, for everybody no matter what. And I think it'll translate into more sales for Fallen Jedi. Yep. Or Fallen Order. It's the first, hell. it's the first game that'll come to Steam. Yeah. And they probably picked the right one. Yeah, I think I think it's a good time to do that. But here's the thing: you still need to use the Origin client. Yeah, it's a separate. It's like the Ubisoft thing where you have to yeah. separately log into the thing. But it's, then it's you can pain. go to Steam and they talk to each other. Yeah, I mean Ubisoft, that's still a pain because like none of the DLC works through Steam. You have to go through Ubisoft's thing and plug this code into that part of Ubisoft. It's a it's a it's, it's a pain. I'm not like, going to talk too much crap about it because we kind of have the same thing with Patreon <laughs> sifted. It's just kind of the way things are now. Yeah. You just ha- you have to. I'm glad Brent's a good programmer and was able to like link Patreon and sift it together. Good old compartmentalized interconnectivity. Because you don't want to ostracize people, so you need to make it as easy as possible for them to get from this space over to this other space. So I get why they're doing it, but yeah, um, I think it's good overall. I mean, having EA's games available yeah. on Steam is a good thing. Having them more places is always good. Yeah, and it's good for EA too. Like it was just fighting a losing battle, trying to prop up Origin. Yeah, and, yeah, I think it was good for everybody. Uh, Justin Horman, PS Now used to let you rent games digitally. Would you rent games more often if it was available digitally at, say, Redbox prices, three bucks a day for a game? You mean like the old Blockbuster prices? That's how much you yep. used to pay to rent games at Blockbuster. Some of you guys probably never even went into a Blockbuster. <laughs> now that I think about it, I mean, uh, nobody, nobody noticed. But last week I wore my old video store shirt. I noticed it. Yeah. West Coast Video. Yeah, West Coast. That was one of the competitors to Blockbuster. That was where I worked for a summer in uh, twenty what nineteen ninety five. So that's a twenty four <laughs> year old T shirt. That's great. Uh, where was I? Uh, Redbox for three dollars a day for a game. Seems like a lost opportunity for console makers when you could always just rent the physical version of any game. And then he uses my emoji, which is awesome. But it's cut off from what you guys are seeing, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. I don't. I mean, it, maybe that's not a revenue stream they're interested in. in like, is three bucks enough to offset the cost of the servers required to let you download a thirty-eight gig game? I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like it couldn't hurt. I mean, PS, I mean the three dollars now seems like it makes more sense because you're streaming it. Yeah, I just don't know that with game streaming, if you really need. Right. Something like that. Well, maybe on Stadia, if instead of spending 60 bucks for something, you pay 3 bucks to rent it for a day. I mean, Pactor floated the idea of paying per hour or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was like a dollar per hour. That's probably a little extreme. A little steep. For Although, its... it kind of works out. It depends on the... I mean, if it's a 60-hour RPG, you're not saving any money. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still kind of the same price, though. 
maybe you have a cap where you get to the 60-hour point and you just don't get charged anymore. Mm. Um, but, look, $3 a day for a game seemed right to me back when I rented games. Like, I sure. never felt like I was being ripped off. I'm like, I got $3 of entertainment out of this today. Now, here's the thing, though, is that you have to make sure that you have cleared your calendar. Like, when I would rent a game, mm-hmm. I would make sure that, like, I had everything locked down. Like, I'd be like, my mom's got me the food that I need. Like, I got the drinks that I want. I got the friends here that I want to play with. Then you go rent the game, and then you get home, and you just maximize that yeah. time as much as you can. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, with Gamefly no longer being relevant. Um, does Redbox not rent games? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I thought it did. But if you do, he's talking about doing it digitally through the uh, actual storefronts of the actual consoles. Yeah. Which, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can you start I mean, to wonder. I mean, Amazon does that with, with movies. Like, yeah. You start to wonder, is, though, is it going to be worth it for them with the bandwidth? Because yeah. you're like, oh, you just downloaded well, it, like a 100 gig well, game. I mean, and, right. Well, that's the other thing. It's like also. The time it takes to do that is like yeah. one of the advantages of like kind of rental streaming is like well you get it right right away like you say oh it's an impulse thing it's like oh yeah well, we want to watch this uh it, yeah two ninety nine to rent it for like you know we we have, we watch it in two days and there it is but it's right there it's like okay I'm gonna rent this game for three dollars and I'll come back in an hour and a half when it's done downloading like that's not as yeah as tempting a, a purchase I guess but yeah and then you wonder too like you know over if you're the consumer for Three dollars a day with data caps becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it to download like thirty or forty gigs yeah. of a game? And I mean, then when play you th- it for a day. And I mean, when you think about it, Game Pass is basically the same idea, but with a, it, yeah, but, but with a more a, a system that hooks you into it more strongly. Yeah, basically. So that pro- I mean, I think that's a better system for it. Yeah, I think Game Pass is just the way. Yeah, it's the way to go. Dinky Do 15, what are some of the consequences of breaking an NDA? Good question. No one's ever asked this. Exactly how much money would you be fined and could you go to jail? Great question. There are no, well, no. Like, you don't, they don't arrest you. They no, you wouldn't go to jail. You don't go to jail. Unless it was an NDA with the government. Right. Like, I mean, if we've if you're, I, I, I'm assuming you're talking about NDAs for games, for game yeah. reviews and game previews. I mean, NDAs are as varied as everything. Like, you, whatever you saw, every NDA is different to some degree, well, depending on what industry you're in, depending on what you're yeah. talking about. Um, you know, like in film, if you do it, you'll probably get blackballed from film. Like, you know, and that's what happens with games. Yeah. It's, man, I could tell some stories. I can't <laughs> tell, I can't tell some of them, unfortunately. Uh, but I can. I can share generally what happens when you break an NDA. The first thing that happens is you get an email from PR. And the PR person is like, bro, we've been working together for a really long time. I can't imagine that you would ever do this. I never dreamed you would do anything like this. And then you write back, at least I would, because it was always on accident or somebody screwed up. You'd explain what happened. You'd be like, oh, we had the date wrong. Or the guy who publishes this stuff to the website took the notes wrong and published it before. That's what usually happened at game trailers. The people who are in charge of actually publishing the stuff after it came out of our edit bays would just publish it. Like they wouldn't look at the embargo. Mm. They'd put it up. Sometimes it would only be up for like 10 minutes and I'd notice it and I'd be like, pull it down. And the traffic at GT was so insane that in that first 10 minutes, there would already be like 20,000 people who had watched it or downloaded it. And so there's no getting it back at that point. So we would take it down. I'd wait for the inevitable email. And generally, the only thing that would ever happen in those cases was, oh, we need, we're going to have to rethink setting you guys code early. Um, honestly, the bigger problem was giving games low scores. That was where mm-hmm. stuff got really dicey. Um, that's where I had bigger problems. Breaking NDA, they'd be pissed. But it's a 
It's a symbiotic relationship. So you need them because you need their products to create content. So people watch your content and you generate ad revenue. They need you to market the game and promote the game. Mm -hmm. So it's not a one-way street where they're doing everything for you. Like people, I think a lot of people who don't work in games journalism or work in the industry think that the publishers don't owe the journalists anything. Mm. Like I think a lot of people hate games journalists for whatever reason. Maybe they're jealous or whatever. A lot of people hate them. And so they always side with the publisher and they like the publisher has all the the publisher doesn't have all the power. The again, it's symbiotic. They need us to talk about the games on shows like this or whatever. We help promote it. And if it's a good game, it they make money off of that. So generally what would happen to me is we get a slap on the wrist. They'd say Look, in Nintendo, different story. You break Nintendo yeah. NDA. Nintendo NDA, you're you're out of. You're in trouble. Yeah. You'll be. Uh, can you're I say on a, this? You're on a list for like five years. Yeah, or I something. don't know if I can say. What I'm not. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna halt there on Nintendo. Um, but generally, anyone but Nintendo, if you break an embargo, like a lot of times towards the end, like I was at GT, I had been working with these people for like 20 years, and they know. They know I'm not going to mm-hmm. intentionally break NDA. It can and also so, happen like in, internally, like how you deal with it on our, on the other end. I mean, we that, that didn't happen much at G4, but one time I remember that someone who wasn't even related to editorial was, was leaking something, and they fired him. Yeah. Because, oh, if you do that. So, so like... They uh, they were and they were not related to game stuff. It was not they were not in any sense. Some it wasn't like a reviewer posted something earlier. Someone was on a podcast like you know saying stuff too early. It was just like some rando like was yeah and like that was it. Like because it was if, if they weren't they weren't there was no and that was like kind of the make good for the for the company in question yeah. it was like oh that won't happen again because that person's gone now but yeah usually it doesn't amount to anything it's a slap on the mm-hmm. wrist an email where they're like well we're disappointed that this happened and please don't let it happen again if you're a small guy though like if we broke an embargo on sifted we'd probably get cut off yeah um if you're a big outlet like ign GameSpot, game trailers like any of the big three, Polygon probably, you can get away with a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't really happen that much. I it mean, doesn't, unless you want to be real. I mean, technically, people giving reactions of even just making sounds about reacting to the Death Stranding embargo could be a violation if they wanted to count it. But generally, yeah. you're not going to get that nitpicky about it. Generally, the worst thing that will ever happen is you get cut off from code. Mm-hmm. In events, they'll say we're not sending your review code, preview code, and we're not inviting you to our events anymore. And that's the worst thing that'll happen. Mm-hmm. They're never going to take legal action against you or sue you or your publication. I've never heard of that happening. It's never happened to us at any publication I worked at. It's usually, and again, you have relationships with these people. You've known them for two decades. Like they know the people that are going to try to push the envelope and get away with crap, and they know the people who play by the rules and just do the best that they can. And if you're one of those people. If you make a mistake, they're like, I know that was an honest mistake. I know you. And so please, like, maybe sometimes they'll say, explain your process to me of how things get published. And you explain, like, where it fell through the cracks. And they'll be like, well, can you fix that? Can you make sure that that doesn't happen again? Because we're about to send you code for this and the embargo for that is in two weeks and we can't have this happen again. Mm -hmm. Nintendo, they'll blackball you. And... I'm not again. I won't go into details on that. But first party stuff: Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, a little more serious than the other guys yeah. in general. Uh, let's see. J. Reed Vic Seven, and we can't answer too many more here. 
Uh, with next gen in mind, is it concerning that GTA 5 is still outselling brand new games and in the top 10 for 2019 for the mass audience? What is the demand for new going forward with evolving games with free content? It is alarming to me to see GTA 5 still in the top 10 or top 20. I, mean, I don't know. GTA just says that the name is just such cash. It is video games to a large Yeah, but I feel people. like when I see that, I feel like a lot of people aren't giving new games even a chance. Because I feel like if they were, they would be playing newer games instead of playing a game that's like six years old. I think most of those sales come from people buying a system. Yeah. You buy it's like the first game they buy. Much. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, it is a changing landscape right now. Um, but I think another thing, too, is the mass audience, ask them for two video game franchises. They're probably going to say Madden GTA. Yep. There you go. And that's where it comes from. All right. One more. Um, the one Gia, what was the song playing at the start of the show? The theme song? The theme song? The Game Face theme? Oh, oh, do you mean the, the, on your, on your phone? Oh, oh, the background music before the show started. Oh, that was, uh, I've talked about him before. That was a DJ named Mark Farina. F-A-R-I-N-A. Go, just go download any of his mixes right now. He's the best house DJ in the world. You won't regret it. Um... Oh, man, there's a lot more. Uh, <laughs> Big Dave Lezard, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime, man. We appreciate it very, very much. I don't know if we have time to answer any more questions, though. I uh, will take one more. Mike's Q. And I'm going to answer Mike's Q's question because he did the vo- – please watch the countdown, by the way, only mm-hmm. for this. Mike's Q's voiceover in that countdown is freaking amazing. Like, amazing. He – I sent him the script, and he was leaving, like, the next day in, in like – Generally, there's, like, back and forth between he and I. He'll upload his clips. I'll give him some tips, and then he'll re-record them. And he wrote me back right away. He read the script, and he's like, hey, would you be okay if I read this? And I'm not going to spoil it for people who haven't watched it yet. If you if I read it in this voice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's okay, but you have to nail it. Because if you don't, you won't be here to go back and forth. And he, he freaking nailed it. Like, he nailed it. I, I, it's making me, like consider changing all of our countdowns to like this new style so anyway we're gonna answer your question because you did a great job uh which way do you play why invert or normal and why do you invert for both pc and controller i don't invert i just play default controls i do invert and And uh, why because it's correct (laughs) and um but no really because like if usually because the the right stick is generally used as a camera control yeah and if it's a look and to look and if i'm looking up, I tilt my head back. I look up. So you look at the analog stick as a proxy for your head. As a head, pretty much. Interesting. Yeah. So, and I want to look down. I tilt forward. Like that's just how. It, it's also probably comes in part from playing so many flight simulators yeah. when I was growing up. I have problems like, going back and playing games with flight because they're. You're right. Their controls always default to invert. Because that's correct. Because that's how for flying, planes work. Yeah, it should. It should be that way. Um. And uh, so that's just what I use. Uh, I do not invert the mouse, if that's what you mean by PC. I use a controller on the PC. I use a controller every time I can because I don't want to play mouse and keyboard unless I have to. Yeah. Um, I, I only that, use I know it for stuff where you can I know can't that's heresy, but uh, I do not invert the mouse because the mouse is a pointy, point, is a pointer, and an analog stick is a steerer. Yeah. So... Uh, I can play non-inverted if I have to. I, I played a very... It takes a little while for your brain to kind of flip I the played, switch. I, I spent a whole day once, like full nine hours on a job once, playing a probably the earliest build of anything I've ever played. I can't believe we... We're playing it. We were playing it, frankly. 
uh, for for footage capture, and they didn't have invert Y in the game yet. Like oh. You couldn't do it, or if you could, it was some <laughs> kind of dev right. thing I didn't know how to do. So I just had to deal with it. And when I went home that night, I went and I went to play the game I was playing, and my thumb was backwards. Like I, I couldn't, <laughs> like I was because my yeah. my controller at home, my yeah. my game at home was inverted. And I was doing the wrong thing. And, I, and it took me like half an hour to retrain myself back. And then like my girlfriend was like, why don't you just like learn to play like a normal person then? Like if, if you switch back, now. I was like, oh, it's well. way too late for that now. At a certain point, like, you, I mean, it yeah. would be like, it'd be like. It was, I couldn't play with an inverted now. No, no it, it was like, it was like someone else's thumb was on my right. hand. Like I couldn't yeah. do that. So I went back to, the, uh, you know, eventually I learned to go back to that. But that was a weird, you know, because clearly you can learn one way or the other. Like, yeah, nine, nine forced hours of playing something the opposite way, you'll learn it. You'll yeah. get there. That's but crazy. I just, oh, inverted always feels more natural to me. All right. So there you go. That's the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, on the stream. Chat has been great as usual. Great questions as always. Thanks to everybody who subscribed via Twitch Prime during the show. I really apologize if we miss calling any of you guys out on the show. Um, the way it works is while Matt and I are talking, it starts chopping off parts of the chat, so we may have missed some of you guys, but we appreciate it very much. Uh, if you're watching the show on YouTube, please consider pledging to our Patreon at patreon.com sifted. Uh, it would mean a lot. Even if you could just pledge a dollar a month to our Patreon, it can make a huge difference. There's enough of you guys there that it could literally change our business. It's that simple. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, uh, again, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com sifted. And then we invite everybody to subscribe to our Twitch channel via Twitch Prime. It gives us a free $2.50 every single month, but you have to re-up it every month. So we'll be back next Tuesday, same time, same place. Uh, with another huge batch of games. We'll have Luigi's Mansion 3, mm. a bunch of other pro- maybe Death Stranding on next week's show. We'll see. That'll be pretty early. We'll see how it goes. But uh, we should have another big episode for you guys next week for 189. Until then, take care of yourself and have a great Halloween. Game Face is up and out.